0: Hello ho ho everyone and welcome to the notorious 2021 Po Po podcast Christmas special uh yeah uh uh, been a while hasn't it um uh un- unless we uh by lucky hap we have released another big egg podcasting universe in the meanwhile which we are aiming to so uh, maybe it's not been quite so long but it certainly has been a long time since the uh, three of us have got together and what better occasion to do so than the festive season it's the uh, 28th of november that we're uh, recording this so we're doing the jules holland uh, uh recording schedule again
1: I may just intersperse some uh, boogie-woogie piano underneath as, like, a bed for, like, a couple (laughs) of minutes.
0: Please, please, please do. I mean, don't do what you did the first time we did one of these and just put a crackling fire over all four hours of it. Because I think that genuinely gave people, like, (laughs) ASMR-related, like, the heebie-jeebies.
1: Yeah, I made it go up and down and up and down. So like it came in and it was quite loud for a while, and then it drifted off, and then it came back. Yeah. It's
0: probably um, the most effort you've ever put into any sort of like audio engineering.
1: I
2: uh, I I fell asleep once to that. Um, listening back to it after we'd first made it, I think I'd been to, like um like a party or something or the pub or something. I can't remember, but I, I fell asleep after it. Um, uh, and it 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 came up on, like, my random thing on, like, um, my downloaded podcast. I was like, oh, I'll listen to that. i will go and see that'll be nice. The, you know, the, the friendly sound of uh, uh, of good times and friends at Christmas. Um, but I woke up completely terrified because I, I could just hear in the background this fire noise and, like, my own <laughs> voice. Uh, and I thought something had set on fire. <laughs> I was oh, shitting yeah. myself.
1: My roach traps and and my newspapers gone, all gone.
0: That, that 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 that's extremely disturbing. But um, so uh, if you if you are listening to this, the few of the you that uh, that are enjoy we, uh, the fire. Enjoy the fire. We uh we thank you for um listening to this and uh choosing to spend part of the Christmas season in the company of of us guys. So I would like
1: to say it is an absolute pleasure as always to have the three of us together to chat nonsense. It is just a shame that it comes in the form of a podcast where we talk about wrestling.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Unless we'll you get under the half air conditions.
2: yeah, <laughs> we'll it is the stuff, inconvenient lots. elephant in the room that we must somehow sandwich
1: in wrestling chat around all this other shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, uh, there we will are, be. we no- are
1: we are about four episodes away from just banning wrestling altogether and becoming like a weird like communist party train spotting podcast or something like that. <laughs>
0: It already was. Um, but, uh, there will be no wrestling talk in the first section of this. Actually, there will be a little bit. Um, I, I did say that uh, in the immortal words of Dave Batista, non wrestling questions for the Q&A aren't just encouraged. They're allowed. So um, we'll see what the uh, people on Twitter had to uh, had for us. But firstly, we are, as is traditional, going to review the two questions that we always uh, review as part of every Q&A. And they are what's the best goal you've ever scored? And have you ever seen a ghost? Um, I would like to state I have actually seen a ghost uh, this year. Um, so, uh, recently, uh, I've seen a spectre haunting Europe, which uh, all of the powers of old <laughs> Europe have entered into holy alliance to exercise Pope and Tsar, Metternich and Guizot, French radicals and German police spies. So, um, I thought I would just uh, relate that to you all, just so you're aware of it as well.
1: What, have you been watching Babylon Berlin?
0: No, i am not be doing anything as interesting as that with my time.
1: I will, well, I'll come to uh, the goal one later on down the line, because it comes out oh, of yes. a later segment. Right, However... Yeah. I do also need to. I have not seen a ghost this year. I did have to check. Uh, is my requisite the, an hour before we record this going? Have I seen a ghost this year? I don't believe I have. Um, although um, I do, I do remember I went. <laughs> me and my friend uh, from my Russian cash, we went for the day out to Edinburgh, and um, afterwards they went home. They went. They went home. To, they went to their family's house, and my train was delayed, so I went to the Banshee Labyrinth. Have you ever been to the Banshee Labyrinth, either of you? No. I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever been. So, the Banshee Labyrinth is, you know, that really, really steep hill on Cowgate in Edinburgh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's like pubs and there's like the Hive and Opium and all that there. And then, well, Mm -hmm. the Banshee Labyrinth is, um, I think it's the second one up, it is famous for two things. One, lots of metal and punk gigs. Yeah, that's California. where I know it from, yeah. Um, and as well as that, um, it's ha- it's purported to be haunted. So the, the idea is that um, the ghost tours uh, routinely will go on the ghost tour Edinburgh and the final stop is always the Banshee Labyrinth because it's haunted. Ooh. And it always leads to great, amazing moments where you'll go to see, I don't know, say um, Deviated Instinct or some, some cross-punk band in Banshee Labyrinth and there'll be a a bunch of cross punks in the side smoking their joints, uh, smoking their rollies, and the Japanese tourist um fl- flotilla will come in of all the people on the final stop of the tour, taking photos of all the all, all the people in their discharge back patches. <laughs> Um, but I I went there afterwards and had a couple of pints and accidentally bought my friend a present on eBay. So I'm going to blame that on <laughs> a ghost. I was in a haunted building. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is this David, your, David, your... David, 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 we've we've all had a drink.
1: We've We've all had a drink drink. In the words of of, uh, internet famous Keaton Ashton Every day, we've all had a drink Um, (laughs) We've all had a drink drink.
0: Was that basically your equivalent Of that guy who like Got really stoned, realised you could buy A a personalised Toblerone (laughs) with your name on it And then a few days later A big Toblerone arrived at his door With just the word Toblerone On the start
1: I see yeah. somebody put uh, they had done one. It was Mark Nobler on. Like. That's pretty but, um, good. I had a friend Eddie. Um, he's lot he's 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 passed away now. He was a great guy. He was he was just the most wonderful guy. But he had a habit where he was t- he was terminally ill for about four years. Right, uh, it was uh, unbelievable. But he had a habit of, I, I'm terminally ill. I'll just get smashed. Right, that that was generally what happened uh, a lot of the time. And he had a, he had two personalities um don't we all on this podcast but uh <laughs> he had um drunk eddie and sober eddie um, yeah. and drunk eddie liked to buy presents for sober eddie and not tell them uh and so various foreigner vinyl Um <laughs> like not not just once like repeatedly buying different <laughs> foreigner vinyls uh um a dildo just <laughs> one time he's a single man doesn't use a dildo to spot a dildo he actually he actually affixed it to a microphone and used that when he used to play in fans really um and as well as a the best one um an led synth <laughs> he bought in a, t- a synthesizer <laughs> all the buttons had a different led light underneath them <laughs> And he, he just bought sense. this on day when he was drunk and he just arrived like four weeks later from China and he's like, what the fuck have I done? And <laughs> then he used it to, to make a project. Of course he did. He's like, I can't, can't send it back. He, just, he made like a John Carpenter style horror soundtrack project. But yeah, okay. uh, but uh, it was always the highlight uh, of when you wake up when you're at work or some shitty day and like uh, Eddie has got drunk. Eddie's bought me another present now on Facebook. <laughs> always some nonsense usually I thought on a vinyl, not gonna lie.
2: I've, I've actually got a story that could sort of combine several of the themes that you've just discussed there into one. So before we <laughs> yes, start, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just drop this. So we mentioned that um, Stenchcore Legends Deviated Instinct, yes. um, who, uh, you know, a, a band that pioneered a genre that was where its fans were famously so averse to personal hygiene standards um, and so crusty that there had to be a subgenre of crust created called Stenchcore right uh, um <laughs> now uh deviate instinct um uh, uh obviously a pioneers of the genre very hugely respected uh, sort of a, a, a underground punk band i was um once a member of the uh, uh british um section of the iwa uh, um the anarcho syndicalist union Solfed, mm-hmm. um and i went down to a london conference there once um, and was chatting to a guy with a big bushy beard and lots of tattoos from i think bradford or uh, who was living in, It uh, was in the Bradford branch at that time, possibly another branch, I can't remember.
1: Hey, we got yuck, no away. gods, no masters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: we. There was actually a book from Bradford who like, smoked about 55 fags a day, and he actually did sound like that when he talked about, <laughs> do you think these principles are an arco-syndicalist? And actually, <laughs> at the end of the day, the conference is sovereign comrades. <laughs> um, but, um, anyway, it was chance to <laughs> the guy. Uh, you know, a nice bloke, big big beard, friendly eyes, you know, I thought this guy strikes me as a kind of like, you know, you see like metal dads about, you know, like dudes that were just like really, into, probably really underground good shit in like, you know, the 80s, 90s. Now they're like cool dads, you know. I was trying to wait to and he just sort of casually mentioned, he's like, oh, well, I'm, uh, I've am i got to get home, you know, Monday night, playing a gig Tuesday. Uh, and they were, yeah, hey, you made And I was, all right, cool. What, what band you? And he said, Deviating Instinct. Um, so I was in Salford <laughs> with, uh, I think he was the drummer. Um, I think I've still got him as, as pals on Facebook, um, as the drummer <laughs> from Deviated Instinct. Um, but I've also got a mate who was at that same conference who was um, uh, from the Newcastle uh, uh, local, a uh, lovely guy by the name of Richard. Um, Richard has normal Richard and evil Richard. And yeah. evil Richard <laughs> comes out, I'd say, after about three pints. Um, well, he, he's i that goes, not all, honey, I mean,
1: but, I mean he, he's,
2: so, he's someone that goes from sober and completely normal to literally, you turn around for one second, and then you turn back, and he's got his, he's got his dick out. Uh, he's, he's, he's like George on the Limoncello. It's a nightmare. <laughs> so, um, but he, um, he ended up um, being ejected from uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the venue that we were at, uh, because he kept jumping on people's backs and asking for piggybacks. Um, and uh, the, uh, I believe he tried to jump on the Deviated uh, Instinct drummer's back, uh, and he was having none of it. So uh, that was the night that Evil Richard clashed with the drummer from celebrated punk band deviate
0: instincts <laughs> and uh, evil richard is often backed up by dick togo richard <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes yeah. Um, yeah never seen in the same place
0: and uh, no i i have neither seen a ghost uh the band ghost or the tv series ghosts uh, this year so oh, um,
1: past, classic.
0: <laughs> actually not that either um and uh, as far as the best goal i've scored um, i've not played football this year or indeed for many years um, even before there was a, uh, a pandemic so uh that's my answer to that then
1: it, it just as well because obviously we've had a lot of time to ourselves in lockdown not so much this year but you know still first six months whatever. um have you moved on your favorite crisps at all any new crisp developments <laughs> that we need to know about oh well i've got one yeah go
0: on
2: well my my workplace now the uh, the canteen at work the uh the little costa coffee there which is a, a run of the college that i work at they've brought in royster's oh Um, and i I know david that you you will pop for a roysters mention but um i've been getting very very much acclimatized again to that um that 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 unique roysters experience it's been really no it's been really good uh it's actually edging out brannigan's now in my um list of most flavoursome crisps currently available on the market
1: once again what we'll just look what happens when you have a
2: union (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Work in the public sector, join the union, get better crisps at, at work. That, that's exactly. what you need to do, lads. Um... That was
0: the dream of Bob Crow. <laughs> yes, oh, indeed. Oh, that's yeah. I'd,
2: I'd actually say that's probably my signal achievement as the uh, chair of the union is to... Have... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, that, um... I'm going to make the fucking tight bastards at the refectory give more than one sachet of ketchup out in the mornings.
0: I, I've got entirely... Gotcha, two... jobs I've got entirely two into Marks and Spencer's red pepper pita chips uh, this year, <laughs> which is a very me thing to do.
1: I love how Daniel's like, oh yeah, look at all the valuable trade union work I've done this year and uh, uh, Jack George is like, I bought some Tony Chris out of m uh,
0: I'll have you know I'm in the most radical union of all time, Unison.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Proud sponsors of Auckland Lake Talbot, George, Ashford, <laughs> I found out yesterday. You not know good guys, difficult. you may be all hunts, but good guys.
0: <laughs> um, as far as the actual questions we got, um, starting off with one that is related to our Project regarding Soviet wrestlers in uh, Japan, and that is from Uncle Muk at fmac95 on Twitter. Who should Georgians consider a better shooter, Taril Bitsadze or Vasily Kachanteradze? Brackets. I know my answer. I don't know if old Vasily had that many sweet knee slash leg strikes in his arsenal. David, I'm not familiar with the aforementioned gentleman. I feel like is he some rings guy who had like two matches or something.
1: No, he's um, a Soviet sniper who got, like, 750
0: kills in the second world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I just really, like, an amazing joke has just, like, gone completely over my head. You
2: have yeah, he's, at, like, like in a, a, a national... You have been yeah, he was
1: losing like the... at, like, 6394 <laughs> with some giant Baba tag match and was the greatest match of all time. <laughs> you have been yeah, I've been missile all on this one. <laughs>
2: Yeah he was he was literally like uh, sort of lionized both in in Georgia and across the rest of the uh, the Soviet sphere as like this national hero literally because he had a Chuck Norris sort of like a uh, 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 level of like sort of uh, a kill count.
1: Uh- <laughs> oh, fantastic. From Atlanta to Athens, the pride of yeah. Georgia <laughs> <laughs> loved across the country.
0: He, he's actually got his own entry in the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation uh, ledger <laughs> of all the all, of all the um poor innocents who have been uh, yeah. killed by communism, which includes Nazi soldiers.
2: Yep. Let's <laughs> let's just pull one out for the SS.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, well, soldiers, you know. is, is this like um, uh, imagine this at the Soviet version of like, you know, when you go into an arcade and you get a high score and you get to put your name in it. Get <laughs> <Yeah>, the name <laughs> in the Black Book of Communism.
0: <laughs> for, for fuck's sake, we're doing this 15 minutes and we've already had, let's pour one out for the SS.
1: Oh, lad. Oh, oh, speak speaking of communists, right, I, I don't know if I told you, like, I, I had a very dicey conversation. don't know conversation. what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I had a very dicey co- um, uh, conversation with, my fr- uh, with somebody in the pub. So uh, the day of the Scotland-Denmark game, I went to the pub, right? Uh, the greatest game of all time, uh, you know, 1966 in the mud. Um, and uh, I was wearing my CCCP hoodie, uh, at the time, like a tracksuit <laughs> with like the the hammer and sickle on it, where we're, and we're sitting there chatting away, and a guy just um a guy just says, I, "I know a couple of people that are your kind." I was like, "What? <laughs> Communists?" I was, like, "Oh, where is this going? Oh dear!" <laughs> and he just like. Good guys, actually, aye, good guys, and he just turned away, and just kept trying his paint, and I'm like, this, this is the one, this is the one outcome I didn't think would actually happen. No. Like, no. like Aye, good guys, aye, good guys, I haggled. Enjoy your aye. night, son. And then just away.
0: Amazing, amazing. <laughs> just like, um, just imagine him like looking at the photo of the uh, delegate to the third international and just going, good guy, good guy, wank, good guy. <laughs> Um, so uh, 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 the, the the
2: correct answer is Georgie Kingcladsy, by the way,
0: <laughs> and he that guy they brought to live. <laughs> uh,
2: that's no way to speak about. Uh, that's no way to speak about Murtaz Shalea, Mikhail Kavalashvili, and um, what was the other one called? He
0: <laughs> no, no, he was Newcastle. Uh, no, there,
1: there was another City one. Um, yeah, they actually Bayern got too. three. After that, he didn't play for them. Oh, I knew this. I, I, I knew this. His
2: nickname, his nickname was Peepo, but I can't remember. What his, his son went to my school, but I can't remember his second name. But yeah, we you actually can't... bought three of them. Three of them. And Mikhail Cavalashvi actually scored in his debut against United.
0: You guys have more fucking Georgians than the rain, the Regency period, man.
2: Yeah, we, we literally bought them just so as King Clancy had someone to speak to and hang out with. That's, That's not people. something
0: you have anymore, is it? Like in football. <laughs> and it's a damn shame. Really is. Um, we've got a uh, another question, which uh, is going to lead to uh, some more non-problematic political stuff. Uh, Sarah Parkin at Sarah Parkin one on Twitter asks if Barbara was in the bar, who is his unionist equivalent, and why was it Enoki Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, she's kind of answered her answer own question there.
2: It, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, although I, I would, I, I would disagree uh, t- to an extent. Um, I, I don't think, I think Enoki is too idiosyncratic. A a thinker um, and um, an ideologue um, to actually fall neatly in line with any particular form of political unionism or or loyalism, which you know, in and of itself, does depend on a a, a degree of um, of of solidarity. (laughs) Um, I I think Inoki is too much of an individual to sacrifice uh, his own wants and needs for the greater good of uh, of crown and country.
0: Um, The milestone of (laughs) Peru.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't, see you know, I, He's too, he's too much of a maverick. So, you know, I, I don't think he'd, he'd fall e- easily in line. I think probably, um, uh, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably say that, uh, uh, he, he's more akin to a kind of, um, hmm, I'm trying to think, like someone from like, um, like Jim Allister from the Traditionalist Unionist Voice, <laughs> um, or something, which is like, uh, it, you know, it, it very, you know, Enochism being, uh, the, uh the sort of old school tradition of of um, shoot-infused work style, Um, you know, a realistic, believable, uh, uh, you know, a a strong style, uh, uh, as much as that term is overused. Uh, I I definitely think that uh, someone like Jim Allister, who is sort of like set himself up as more of a hardline, loyalist, you know, immovable wing nut than the DUP. Um, Well, Yeah, that's
0: why they've been losing uh, votes to because for some people it (laughs) turns out the DUP actually not right wing enough. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievably so. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I I think, uh, you know, it's I would turn the question on its head and say, uh, you know, if Enoki was uh, to be uh, a sort of a a doyette of loyalism, um, which uh, which subsection or or party political subsection would he join? I think he'd be a TUV guy because essentially Jim Allister is the TUV and um, he is an egomaniac um, who would literally see the entire uh, the entirety of the north of Ireland, like drowned in the sea, um, uh, 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 ahead of any form of collegialism with uh, with um, his his nationalist or republican uh, uh, fellow citizens. So I think there's a lot of Inoki in that, to be honest.
0: Oh, absolutely. Are you saying that the TUV is the Northern Irish equivalent of UFO? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or perhaps just
2: Inoki Genome Federation? I'm not sure which. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that is that is true. I want I want want to know what Jim Alli- Alli- Alice's position on Peter Hertz is.
2: Well, funnily enough, I actually went to school, uh, not school, went to university with um, Jim Allister's um, uh, son, um, whom I didn't realise was Jim Allister's son for a long time because he was incredibly progressive (laughs) and quite left wing (laughs) uh, and generally just an absolutely adorable, lovely man. Uh, oh, I think for, nice. for, for for reasons quite obvious in the West, of, in the febrile political atmosphere of the West of Scotland, um, he chose to not make a big deal of who his father was. And I just found it out later on. So uh, well, I, yeah. I, I
0: was <laughs> at university with Nick Griffin's daughter. So uh, similar sort of thing. Oh, I holy
2: shit, that's even, that's <laughs> arguably even worse.
0: <laughs> I,
1: think I, I have to say we're like 20 minutes into this and already, I mean, we've mentioned what, the Ferdinand International, yes. Oculek Talbot, a traditional Unionist voice. If you're doing a drinking game for this, you're done, man. You're absolutely done already. But uh, I, I would like to say, obviously, we are academic scholars. Um, yes. And I would say, uh, report with this question, I'd like to refer you to my source that I've dug out um, from the, the uni Library, um, which is the 8th of May 2018 edition of The Digger, whereby oh, yes. someone... Uh, who may have been me in the Dundee arms out my, out my tits, texting them in, to say, uh, messaged into the digger to tell them that there was a new guy in Deniston going by the name of Giant Baba and he has paramilitary <laughs> links signed by <laughs> Big Tony. Um, oh, I, I think the evidence speaks to itself there. And yeah. Of course they printed it. Of course they did. They don't have enough to not print it.
2: No, um, the, the, the dirty digger.
1: They're, they're craving for content. Um, the digger who every time they post something there is always a comment underneath it that is just the word grass 12 times yes. in all <laughs> caps um, <laughs> yeah, it the, should the,
2: be have you ever seen that BBC uh, like This World documentary they did about the digger years ago, it's about half an hour long um, mm. and um, it's uh, it, to, to, in an attempt to look less conspicuous the editor of the digger w- takes to walking around in a massive pair of sunglasses and an enormous Soviet style furry hat <laughs> on like the streets of like the east end and that and like the Merry Hill in the north. <laughs> just like what are you doing, mate? Um,
0: Is it, the the diggers famously lax um uh standards with regards to what they'll put basically the journalistic equivalent of when some Joshi Twitter people realised that uh Pom Harajuku would just like anything that she was tagged in. So they would just say do tweet stuff like <laughs> Bush did nine eleven at Pom Harajuku. <laughs> yeah. Pretty
1: much, <laughs> pretty, pretty much yeah yeah uh, yeah like, if you ever if you ever buy the digger and you look at at the letters page, I mean you can't read it, it's all ineligible like it, it, none none of it makes any sense, but uh, there's definitely people who are just pissed and texting into the digger cause it's very self perpetuating journalism. Um, again, um, if you're doing the drinking
0: game, good luck because you're <laughs> in for a wild ride. Um, next, uh, next question. Uh, n- not so much a question as a statement. Just says "Yeah" uh, by uh, Jugis in my mind at Project Orman. Uh, Who is the, sorry if I've mispronounced that Who is the um, president of the Pura podcast South Africa branch uh, Fan club, uh, by default I don't know if we have any other listed (laughs) in South Africa Ever since
1: Aurig Williams passing He is defaulted Yes,
0: (laughs) Yes. so basically I
2: I mean it's basically him, Walter Sisulu um that's that's about it really. We've only got a couple of fans in South Africa. I think yeah. what so, might be dead, actually.
1: Uh, <laughs> Eugene Tedeblanch uh, checked out when we started to, when we done what the <laughs> Robot Wars episodes he just was like was just,
0: it's, not <laughs> I mean, a, Eugene, it's not I mean, Eugene when Eugene Turblance checked out a life and good fucking riddance. <laughs> um so yeah, that was I I mean, I I I assume he was just very happy that we were doing a uh, an episode uh, doing another christmas episode um you know it does happen uh, next question um this is from uh sandre the giant at sandre the giant on uh, on twitter um yeah, friend which of the show Best co- friend of the show which classic joshu wrestlers would make up the most effective early 90s death metal group and what would their oh, debut album be called? now i must say that uh, the the aforementioned sandre um uh, very much worth a follow not just for his wrestling oh, opinions yeah. but reviews a shitload of heavy metal albums uh, on yes. his blog and it's a really big good sumo
2: si- guy as well.
0: Yes, yeah. It's a really good just sort of like um, you know, yardstick for like, you know, if you want some recommendations for metal, if you're into the genre, like you'll discover some stuff via his blog that like you might not necessarily have heard of and a lot of it's very good.
1: Yeah, it's a, a good I don't remember ever meeting him. I must have met him at some point. Of like, course, I, I refuse to believe that I have not met him before. But yeah, you he, know, he, he's absolutely great. He of stuff. I, I, I looked at the questions in advance, ignored yes. all of them apart from this and
0: said, <laughs> yesterday.
1: Yes. All of yesterday, thinking about this, right?
0: Because, please do, please do go for it, because I've got nothing.
1: <laughs> well, Daniel, I'd like, to, I'd like to get your your take on this. What, what, okay. what do you think?
2: Well. I haven't looked at any of the questions, and I'm already regretting it because my answers are going to be significantly less well thought through and funny. Um, But um, I suppose, I mean, it depends as well what 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 era of death metal we're talking, uh, you know. But I I think if we're going to go for a sort of let's say post second wave uh, uh, death metal stuff, where you know, um, uh, where you've got like little sort of um, uh, sort of you know very significant sort of fan bases building up for uh, the more sort of like comic book uh, uh, extreme gore-themed end of stuff like you know, uh, Cannibal Corpse, uh, uh, uh DSI, that kind of stuff. I think Akira Hokuto, um, uh, the the greatest bleeder of them all, um, yes. is 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 surely a shoe in uh, for uh, for for the, the front woman um, of of, 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 a, of a band like that. Um, but yeah, what well, well, I'll have a th- I'll, I'll have another think while you go through yours, David, because as everyone that listens to this show knows, I am a I'm a big metal fan um and i'm a big Joshi fan but um, i haven't had a chance to think so um you, you you run through yours and while you're doing that i'll have a little thing
1: so i yeah. I, I had a, a big think of this i don't think it would be a morris death metal band i just i just don't think Joshi guys are going to be in sort of an american it's too clean cut and clicky. yeah and, yeah and i yeah. love those Morrison albums so yeah. they're great like napalm death and Cam corpse Morgan and all that it's a great sound i just don't think it's a Joshi sound and then i was I, like I, I, oh, and really can you even get those big white trainers anymore <laughs> well, exactly exactly um you know it's hard to get those tracksuits now like because never mind never mind the trainers uh, but they would all be like mizuno well, you have to get mizuno trainers and that but yeah <laughs> uh, so no I, i've ruled out morrison's uh like florida death metal that's not happening and then i was like well maybe like i thought maybe daniel kanzai and kyoku Kyo anyway could be like a sort of you know how beheaded pretty much I, I thought maybe you know how, yeah. like beheaded and that are pretty much death metal i know they're black metal but it's a very proto black metal that's all a bit more death metal and uh, at the yeah. beginning there yeah there's videos of them like playing at a shopping center and just <laughs> yeah. doing death metal and stuff i thought maybe dynamic cans like can do that but i can't tear myself away and another shout out for deviated instinct free on the <laughs> one show incredible um i think they would be I, it would be dump matsumoto's crew you know bill Nakano. Yes. Yamamoto, Bison I think Crain they you. would be, Crane You, I think they would be an excellent sort of British death metal band. But in a sort of, you know, they 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 used to play the mermaid with Napalm Death uh, all the time <laughs> and Extreme Noise Terror. And their big pals are like, you know, a guy from Cancer would like play drums on like one of their albums or whatever. Guy from Benediction in there as well. They'd always play with Cerebral Fix and uh, those sort <laughs> of things. I think that a really meat and potatoes British death metal band, I'm, I'm thinking of your cancers and your benedictions here. I mm-hmm. think it would, would be excellent for that because I think they would still have the crust sensibilities. You know, the like, building the canal just looks like a massive crust punk. Um, and, you yeah. know, they, they they have that gritty edge about them, but yeah, I go, uh, yeah, something, something like cancer or benediction. Yeah. That would be mine.
0: Yeah. I mean, Bob okay. was like known to wear like metal band t-shirts uh during her she her just title looks like joe
1: bench i don't know if you know joe bench from bolt for but yes, she, yes. she dresses exactly like joe bench from bolt for yeah, um, yeah. Who, who not only like joe bench has like an absolute pin-up not because she's a particularly attractive woman but
0: because she's the bassist in bolt for <laughs> yes um <laughs> i i i would i was just wondering like just in terms of the uh the instrumentation um um i would like to imagine that Dump and Bull would be sort of like because I, I am I am a sucker for band with co-lead vocalists, a la Extreme Noise Terror, and I'm yes. particularly a fan of uh, bands with co-lead vocalists when they do, they both just do the same kind of vocals. It's not <laughs> yeah. like a fucking Lacuna Coil kind of stuff, you know. <laughs>
2: Please please never mention lacuna coil in the same breath as extreme <laughs> voice terror again. <laughs> or I'm never doing a podcast ever again. <laughs> I,
1: I will not I will not have um the good name of Christina Scabia besmirched <laughs> on this. I'm pretty sure that Linda has her on, on her wall in the golf cave she doesn't even really like Lakuna coil, it was just a poster on Kerrang. But um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um oh. I've, I've, sorry, go on. I was gonna okay. say I have
2: had another thought, but if you if you want to carry on that I, I don't mind.
1: I, I just exciting news. Um, obviously, you slept in the golf cave when you stayed with us. Yes. Uh, I've now taken to on my lunch on my lunch on a Sunday Linda will go sleep in the golf cave. And I'll just go and have a nap with her during my lunch break. And it's great. It's the best just having a 25-minute nap. It's fantastic. Oh, it's good,
2: isn't it? I do. I do. I, the older I get, the more I really like a, a lunchtime nap. Like,
1: it's like, I can trust myself to do it like on my own, like on a shift of my own. I need someone else there to basically like set an alarm and wake me the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, but, but you, yeah. You basically
0: no. like Bart and Lisa, like doing sleeping in shifts when like groundskeeper willy is invading their dreams pretty much <laughs> yeah yeah.
1: with wayne static looking on from above <laughs> so,
0: yeah. r.i.p to another real one bob yes. and wayne static yeah. you know those yeah. you know those tweets where like um when a famous person dies and it's like oh imagine like you know david bowie being like and jimmy Hendrix saying right my like who's taking the first solo or like some melt shit like that i just want that with bob Kerr and wayne static <laughs> <laughs> I met Bob crow and Wayne
1: Static at a charity do it once.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. that, I mean, even for us, this is reprehensibly off to- topic. <laughs>
2: so so I'll, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. So I had a bit of a think. I, I know the question was about death metal, but I think we can all agree that the genres of death metal and grindcore are inextricable from each other you yeah. know they are edict bands, heavily...
1: Edic bands that's what they are
2: yeah 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 so i was thinking right um I, I got thinking about who's got that that quintessential front person energy right yeah and i think in terms of the look in terms of the the just the the intimidating nature of their stature the way they hold themselves uh ajikong right yeah i think i could see ajikong in a kind of Dri siege influenced, like early grindcore group like 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 Repulsion yes, or like or, yes. or maybe like Fear, Fear of God or something. Yeah. Um, not just because I happen to really like those bands, but because both Fear of God and Repulsion um, are one of those bands. those bands that you get this in like early grindcore bands where like two of them look like they've come straight out of a death metal band, but the mm. other two look like IT assistants. Um, <laughs> And like, because I just got this, like, you know, this, like, you know, quite flashy uh, outfits, like quite, quite brightly colored. She's got like the bright hair, but it's short cropped. She's no nonsense. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, I, I feel like she could fit in quite well to front one of those two seminal grindcore bands. So that's my uh-huh. my contribution.
1: I think the beauty of it being a sort of grindcore sort of band as well is that like Aja can run in and hit people with bins during a song. It's only like a minute at a time so you just run in, batter someone with a bin and go back and sing. Like, there's enough yeah. time to kind of go smash someone in between your songs and stuff like that. So oh yeah, I mean I'm I think not would sure. far Adricon's, more chaotic. Yeah, I I don't even know if Aja Kong's ever
2: had a match that was like, that was shorter than the entire discography of Fear of
3: God. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs>
0: I was going to say that if we were talking uh, black metal rather than death metal, you'd obviously have to have Kari Oniyama uh, because for a period she was l- literally doing a Lords of Chaos gimmick in, in stardom. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. sure whether she's ever listened to any black metal or just enjoyed the aesthetic. Um, anyway, now she appears to be some kind of sad clown, which is, if anything, like even more disturbing. I so
2: think she's, Ram- basically gone on, she's, she's gone on the, the Varg-Vaikonus uh, trajectory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: God, I, I,
2: f- I think not. Chairman
1: Ramu, uh, has a very oh, yeah. has a bit of a dead from mayhem sort of vibe to her. Yeah. And she's she's not like the other people that wear corpse paint. She very much has her own unique style. No one can be like Chairman yeah. Ramu. And I think the dead was also like that. So yeah, I could see Chairman Ramu oh. in a sort of Mayhem band. Of course she wrestled for six six six, so she's primed for this. Yes. But, indeed.
2: Yeah. Can I can I also throw in a shout that I feel like um big Mad Polly would probably be um uh, from, from is it, he still wrestles for DDT right? Yeah, yeah, Mad Pauly yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from, from a, a DDT fame, uh, I feel like he 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 could fit uh, into a sort of like post 2000s sort of like commercialized arch enemy style death metal band. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I but actually, we all want to forget I about that if we can. It was a, it was a difficult time for us all. <laughs> I, really, I really like.
1: That, I I'll have you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm still a big fan of Calma. Um. <laughs> oh my god. We, don't, we you have, um... just, don't you fucking. Um... <laughs> do it to say anything about calma good lad
2: I'm, I'm 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 remaining tight-lipped until the subject of esl teaching comes up can i can, <laughs> I, can,
1: can I just because i just remember calma uh can i i i just want to mention this because literally sandra the giant and like three other people will, will pop for this but someone tried to organize a huge metal festival in perth when i was like 16 and they were booking bands from like america like proper bands that never played the uk and like charged exorbitant fees and you know that guy who booked that wrestling promotion he's like hogan and National hall are going to be there all at the nec 2000 oh yeah someone did that with metal in perth concert hall right they booked, like fucking stratavarius and shit and like all of these bands, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure winter somewhere involved right um try to <laughs> rack, rack in the sauna money um, and saying, we've
0: resurrected Euronymous.
1: yeah uh, yeah <laughs> It was it was proper weird like yeah it, it was so wild and I remember being 16 going oh my god I need to go to Perth like this is going to be amazing it was all like cheesy bad power metal bands but of course you're going to do that and um, yeah like that was uh, but that 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 was some mad lineup and then sure enough it was just some guy who's like I'll oh, put this metal festival and all these bands will come and I won't pay them <laughs> and then and then sure enough they were like no no we're not coming over we're not flying pro- prog metal bands, Circus Maximus over from the US <laughs> to play one gig and only one gig for a grand it's not happening um no yeah,
0: chance. But, uh, Ragnarok
1: Perth concert hall put it in your diary
0: <laughs> it's good it's good to know that like um you know shit ass money mark promoters who don't actually have the money is like not a thing that is unique to indie wrestling
1: are you oh, listening no. Caledonian darkness i i was going to say i was just going to mention that Have I I told you I met the guy who ran Caledonian Darkness before, right? (laughs) I met him, like, two weeks before. And he says, like, I don't care about black metal anymore. I just want to see Dead Congregation, right? It's the only band I want to see. And it was, like, 80 quid a ticket, right? And I said to him explicitly, I do not give a single fuck about any other band, but I really want to see Dead Congregation. He looked me dead in the eye. Yeah, he looked me dead in the eyes. And he said, oh, well, you know, they're going to be great, aren't they? You'll need to get a ticket. But... Uh, you know, you should get a weekend ticket because you know. You, you, I like, was like, all right, all my pals are going. Right, that's fine. Uh, and it was like still like fifty quid for a day ticket. And then should have looked at me dead in the eyes, going, yes, dead. Congregation will definitely play. And then of course, they, you just didn't want to yeah. pay them. And he they, they knew all along they weren't playing. And yeah, um, if I could travel, you know how we've we done that? If you could travel back in time, where would you go? <laughs> and I was like, little Ravioli, you can go versus Fissel in that insane 5-4 game. I would probably change that to going back to that gig where I met Tam Glenn from Caledonian Darkness and kicking him <laughs> in the fucking stones. <laughs> well,
2: of, of, of course, our mutual friend, Andrew McQuaid, David, famously. Uh, <laughs> oh, g- I, oh may, I've never may, lived may
1: like still in, for someone he, so much. He,
2: he could still be in prison for assault had the bottle that he threw at him that night uh, uh, connected. Um, I, so. Honestly,
1: I've, I've never been in love with McQuaid so much as that moment when he launched it. And McQuaid's like, oh man, I shouldn't have done it. It was terrible. Like, no, you should have. The guy yeah, did he, it. He, he, messaged he looked me. me in the eye and told me they were playing yeah. and they're not. I just he, didn't he, have he, a bottle he, on me. <laughs> he, he messaged me and was
2: like, shit. He was like, I don't know what, what got into me, but I, 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 I was really close to bottling a guy tonight. And I was just like, Andrew, I've never been prouder. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, literally
1: next to him. I was stood next to him when he did it in Song launch. Incredible.
0: Next question. Um, www.wtf.com at Jacob Crankhog simply says Daddy or Chips. Um, is this Daddy question, or Chips? Daddy or Chips? Is oh this, right. Because okay. that's ringing a bell for me. Because like I I assume you know, some...
1: there's a, there's a meme video of a a guy who pretty much puts himself in the shit by saying it because he is the daddy and what do you expect out of this conversation he asks his like three-year-old kid daddy or chips and he goes chips i would just like to raise two points of order um about this first of all as we all know i wasn't allowed to eat roister's t-bone steak chris for a year because my dad thought i'd get bse and as well as that my dad won't drive near fur hill because he got a flat tire 25 years ago and just refuses to go near it anymore (laughs) so is
2: is is, chips, is is is
1: Daddy or Chips?
2: Is 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 Daddy Chips not originally like an early 90s advert though for like oven chips?
1: It is yes from McCain Chips.
2: And then all oh, right, so is it is it the? Cause, this this is how sort of, of something
1: like you say when you're out in the skate most nights. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say for me the for me the answer is easy. It's Daddy every time. Because like, <laughs> Daddy I, will make you chips.
2: <laughs> in the I, morning or oh, practicing aftercare, bless him. Like but yeah.
0: I was going to say my answer was would be daddy if it was Big Daddy V. Uh, that's the that's the daddy Big I want
1: to. Big Daddy V or Sir Chips Keswick? Are you, are you on, <laughs> on, the, on the clock here, George.
2: Not a Shirley so yes. Crabtree in sight. Book the,
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to assume that Daddy or Chips was some meme so old that like it was printed on cuneiform tablets, so uh, that's uh, good, good for clearing that up for me. Thank you. Uh, final question for the Q&A. Uh, Joshi Purosu at Orford Eye asks, what stipulation would Keir Starmer insist on if he was a wrestler match for Big Japan? <laughs> I, I, I welcome the 200 two death match, but would con- would ask Big Japan to go further by including uh, Kaizen in there as well. That's actually a really good impression. Yeah, I know, it's skids, skids. I've I've listened to too much Trash Future and they like constantly do. Keir Starmer saying, I yeah. welcome blank, but would encourage the government to go further by blank. That's I
1: I, mean. I would like to say where, with my, my next statement, you need, to, you need to listen to the whole statement because I know you're going to jump on the first sentence, right? And it's not what it's meant to be. Um, I think that um, Keir Starmer would be like, Will Osprey? end the G1 this year by just abstaining from every match <laughs> <laughs>
0: fantastic
1: I mean my, my, my choice obviously
2: would be the um the, the very rare lesser spotted but nonetheless feared alpaca deathmatch
0: um, <laughs> it's like the piranha deathmatch they had
2: but it's just a tub full of alpacas <laughs> a tub full of alpacas just like gazing longingly out with you know fear in their eyes and saying sir Keir Sir Keir, save me. And that, that seems
1: like uh, such a hustle angle where they get Sir Keir Starmer and and then there'd be like an explosion and suddenly like, by God, Geronimo <laughs> the alpaca, he's came here, he's made good in his promise back from but the like, dead. But like
2: Starmer's played by like fucking Animal Hamaguchi or some shit. <laughs>
1: I I I have, a, I have the perfect stipulation. A concrete crypt match, but Geronimo's in the crypt. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's new Jack Labour, the original gangster is here.
1: Things I, can only get better. It just played for the whole map. And then
0: Natural bone Killers just hit up. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was going... I was... I was going to say that, um, that like, you know, uh, the types of stuff, you know, like the San Francisco 49ers match in uh, WCW where there's like boxes and the... V- Best. I watched that live. <laughs> I, I want one of those and there's just like lots of boxes with alpacas in and one of them has bovine TB. <laughs> you have to try and guess which one. You've actually you've actually stumbled across a pretty, uh, pretty
2: solid, uh, pretty solid idea for a death uh, match there, to be honest. I think
1: so. Is there anything funnier than Keir Starmer after like a year and a half in leadership, finally coming out, oh, jumping off the fence and coming in on side of one thing, but the thing he came out inside of is killing an alpaca.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's so funny. I have to say that like um, killing an alpaca is, you know, I think not even in the top 10 of things, uh, of bad things that Keith has given his covert or overt assent to.
1: Do you think Luke Eichhorst was just texting him all the time, and going, "Nuke it, nuke the alpaca, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> launch the missiles, fire the nuclear weapons"?
0: Well, actually, I, you know, if we launch a nuclear strike against an inhabited area of Peru, then we might be.
2: <laughs> Rumors have surfaced that uh, the alpa- that the al- uh, Ger- 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 the alpaca was seen with a Palestinian flag, so um, <laughs> I think it's. Uh... I think I the mean, only option left is to uh, is to nuke him.
0: <laughs> I mean, didn't Peru recently get a leftist indigenous president? So, like, yeah, maybe the alpaca oh, would well, a... like revenge for that. If you if you if you don't do a military coup backed by the Organization yeah. of American States, we'll kill one alpaca on the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: For every coup you don't do, another alpaca gets
1: it. <laughs> tick TikTok <talk>, WMD o'clock for <laughs> Peru. I would just like to end this this segment. Please by just by by reiterating the two points that we have all learned from this, namely point number one, um, fuck your Point number <laughs>
0: yeah. two, fuck the Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, this brings us to. So th- thank you very much for uh, sending your questions in. They were as asinine as ever. Keep it up. Uh, so um, <laughs> section number two of the podcast. Uh, I like to call George and David's Faroese adventure. Now the thing is like. Um, well we we were gonna talk about this on a regular podcast episode just quickly at the start and then we but we
1: got... don't do regular podcasts. Anyway.
0: No no indeed or, or indeed podcasts <laughs> a lot of the time. But um but the thing is like more than one person has said to me over the last <laughs> few months that they like <laughs> Really liked uh, what I consider to be our most self-indulgent episode, which was just the one where David and I talked about our respective trips to New York and Tokyo and like the it, rest. It, it, it rest was there. really good,
2: though, to be fair. Well, I don't think you yeah. should be. That, it should be that surprising. It was. No, it was no, no, interesting, and it, it was.
0: Fun. It was good. So I thought we try and recapture the spirit of those times by yeah. recounting what is. Um, well, not the worst holiday I've ever been on. In fact, quite the opposite. <laughs> but certainly the dumbest. All right. So um, just to set the scene for everyone. Um, so. David and I, being good friends, uh, we like to get together every year. On- needed. needed, certainly <laughs> after this. Um, David and I like to get together every year on his you know, birthday weekend to go see some football up in Scotland. Now, last year we weren't able to do this because of the Rona, so we thought, OK, well, let's make up for that.
1: There's a, there's an important context, that yes. I should say, this is that my birthday uh, is the 13th of October, get your presents in, same day as Thatcher, it's easy to remember. And, um, yes. And my birthday every week is during a Scottish holiday called the October week. Um, and as well as it's always an international week every year for like ever since I've been born, every year it's been an international week. So every year on my birthday, there or thereabouts, there is always a Scotland game. It's always an international week. So that that. So we yeah. went to see San Marino, Scotland San Marino on my birthday in 2019. Uh, with Lauren Shankland just absolutely tearing apart. San Marino's a janitor's. Um but yeah. yeah.
0: So uh I actually and I was going to say, although you um you may share the birthday of October the thirteenth with Margaret Thatcher, unlike her, you'll be having birthdays in the future. So uh that's uh that's uh good good to keep in mind. Uh yeah, so basically the idea was that okay, we'll do something a bit special because uh, it's international weekend and we didn't get to do it last year. So let's try and go to an away game in like October or November or sometime around that. And we considered Moldova, but then David was at a wedding. So uh we we're like, Well they're uh, playing the Faroe Islands. Uh, in October 2021, shall we go to that? And it happened quite fortuitously that the Faroe Islands happens to be on our green list, which for um, uh, people who aren't aren't British, basically the green list was uh, the list of countries uh, and and is the list of countries that you are allowed to go to without quarantining on the way back. Um, And basically it is Iceland, the Faroe Islands, and then a bunch of fucking places in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific like... um, Saint Helena and the Falkland and Easter Island um, and Pitcairn or some fucking place like that, but we basically like you would never want to go. So um, basically, um... the
1: Simpsons are going to the North Mariana Trench.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, current Simpsons, I, I fucking put them at the bottom of it, but um, that's the um, so basically that's that's the setup. So we decided, okay, we'll go to the Faroe Islands for the game, and because like uh, David and I are both very into uh, you know these. Very tiny countries that we have some of in Europe, the ones that weren't swallowed up by the, you know, the big states like Germany, Italy, etc. So, you know, yeah, San Marinos, uh, Andorras, Liechtensteins, etc. But I don't yeah, know, I've never, never and, been to the Faroe Islands. So, yeah. No, and for me,
1: like the thing with the Faroe Islands was is that Scotland played the Faroe Islands quite a lot when I was young. Yeah. Uh, and it, they would be on the television. It was always the most picturesque. Uh, been toft here and the uh, ball boy had a speedboat
3: and <laughs> yeah, it was,
1: yeah it, was, it was just a really really lovely place it just looks absolutely fascinating and again it's a small nation stuff like that. so i'd say probably since around about 1996 i've yeah. wanted to go to the Fedos because that's when we played them in 95 we played them in the in the you 96 qualifiers um, away we also famously drew to each uh, yes, so pretty after pretty cool. being two 0 down at half time in a qualification campaign, where I believe we took Germany to the wire, I'm incredible at every other game, but I went to the Fado Islands and just were two 0 down at half time. But yeah, so Fado Islands for me is, is it's been a bucket list thing for many many years. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely jumping at the chance. I didn't want to go to like Germany or Italy or something. I wanted to go. Uh, it's oh, been yeah. a fascination for me for years. So yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, so uh, and generally when we get together we like to go to the international we always like also like to go and see uh part of thistle and uh, the friday before we were due to fly out they were away in dumfries at a scottish challenge cup game against uh, queen of the south and um, it just so happened that i could get there on the train pretty easily from leeds and then david was like well uh, i tell you what Shu, like uh, there's a bunch of us going to the friday night game in dumfries uh, meet us there and then we'll um, maybe get a lift back uh, with someone. And then we found out, OK, well, you, your power doesn't have the car. So we had to catch uh, an alternative mode of uh, transportation uh, back from the Gosh. game. Which this is this 2-0, which was um, uh, put on by a, uh, an acquaintance of David's who had been uh, banned from the regular um, supporters buses for stuff which I'm not going get, to get into uh and uh so basically he had chartered his own supporters bus now uh, Daniel
1: and... I'm going to give you one guess can you name the fiscal fan who chartered this bus
0: <laughs> free Manpreet. Yeah. yes absolutely <laughs> yes it, it was so basically he had chartered this bus and that happens to be the supporters coach that we were able to get a berth on and so uh now the thing is I don't like really do away days in terms of football if i do i don't go on uh supporters bus i've been on a supporters bus since i was about 11 and i was going to the nfa cup semi and uh so i had just assumed that they were all like this and that people were just rolling in the aisles drinking book fast and listening to ebenezer good on a big speaker and stuff like that so i've since been assured by david that this is not in fact the case but what i will say is that it has actually given me a uh, sort of a lot of confidence, just because um, like I am double jabbed and now boost uh, boosted, and like I think I think everyone should uh, if they can. But um, being on that bus gave me a sort of a new confidence in sort of doing stuff because, as I said to David afterwards, if we didn't get COVID from the Manpreet Express, we're just never going to get it. Like it's, it's like <laughs> fuck, fuck the Omicron variant, we're just never getting COVID.
2: Oh, Manpreet is a legend, uh, you're, an absolute you're, legend.
0: I
1: mean. <laughs> I, somebody. Uh, I, funnily enough, on Friday after the Thistle game, and um, Friday somebody said to me, "So Manpreet is running the bus on Boxing Day to Invermet. Oh my God! What could possibly go wrong, right? But my friend was like, "Obviously, Boxing Day not very good for public transport." And he yeah. said, and he said to our friend of the show, Mark Wallace, he said, "I'm thinking about getting the Manpreet Express." And uh, Mark just Mark just tapped me and goes. David Smurf wants to get the Manpreet Express. Tell him about the Manpreet Express. And I, was, and I just was described it as like Conair with more lines. It was, <laughs> it's I, I the, the 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 funniest thing about it was is that I sat in the window seat, right? And I know quite a lot of people who go on the bus. Uh, and they're all obviously quite drunk. And they're yeah. all the people who ask me if I'm the appropriate podcast every time I go to an away game. And they always pronounce it differently. But... um. <laughs> they always come going oh hello david how are you and but the problem was is i was in the window seat and george was right in the aisle so they're all leaning over george breathing in his face because no one was wearing a mask going slabbering and fucking um falling all over the place into him to say hello to me and i was like god i should have given you the window seat but i did i did message you about 40 minutes in just with the the japanese guy from the simpsons just going forgiveness please um because it was it was it was a wild ride but
0: yeah it was and i, I get kind of anxious in like sort of loud he spaces with a lot of people he did not tell me this before the bus no no, i you really thought, I, I, I thought i thought you knew like that's the thing but like i was just no. like, okay, well, like um like i i, I it's not really going to make much difference to my anxiety about this whether i'm in the fucking window seat or the aisle and i also i couldn't really move very much because i had like uh, my suitcase <laughs> in between my legs so i was basically pinned to the chair by it um so yeah all good stuff yes yeah, so i basically just had that was the other thing i basically had a fucking suitcase at, in the football stadium which uh like the steward's Seemed to not mind which i thought they might so that was good um so getting towards the uh, and so we had a nice weekend we watched uh uh scotland uh, uh defeat israel in the football which was extremely satisfying and <laughs> uh just just hung around and uh watched uh multiple episodes of uh, a little show called gordon ramsey's 24 hours of hell and back a, a wonderful discovery and I'm pretty
1: uh sure of all yes
0: and then uh so it was time for us to uh get the flights over to the pharaohs now um so David, David was uh, the one who got the uh, the flight. So I was like, was, we kind of split our labor. So I was like, I'll sort the accommodation. Uh, so I just got an Airbnb and uh, and David can get the flights. And David had unwisely decided to play flight price chicken um, with the um, direct flight from Edinburgh. So just, just to give you an uh, an indication of basically what getting to the Pharaohs is like. Um, there's, it, it does have an airport, which is 17 miles from the capital and not on the same island um but they do have an airport there are about six flights in and out a day um all but one of them go to Denmark but the one that doesn't go to Denmark goes to Edinburgh so um we're just like oh shit, well there's a direct flight we'll just get over to Edinburgh and then yeah David decided to play flight price chicken and then uh it turned out hey there's a lot of a uh, lot of people wanting to fly from Edinburgh for the football and they got sold out so we had to go via an alternate route which consisted of us going to Amsterdam and then to Copenhagen and then to the Faroes. so you basically had to go sort of like uh east north and west um from, from where we were it took uh, it took a ludicrous amount of time um uh, but based, basically like a, a, a full day's travel. And then uh, so we uh, and, then, and then we managed to get to the Faroes. There was a I don't, I don't know. I don't know where this had come from, but there was a rumor when we were waiting at Copenhagen Airport that one of the Scottish fans uh, had like basically heard or maybe misconstrued from a, a border guard that they were basically not letting people into the Faroes. And I was like, well, presumably they are, because otherwise they wouldn't have let the Scotland supporters club uh buy tickets. <laughs> yeah. So like you you yeah, I would have thought we would have fucking heard about this to be honest. Um but uh yeah so anyway, eventually we got to the pharaohs. Um and like you might think our troubles would be over for the day, but you'll be very wrong about that because um basically I couldn't get on Wi-Fi in the in the Pharaohs. because like it, you know, roaming and, and shit, it works different. And so I have managed to um book a taxi into town from the airport because it turned out the plane got in just uh, too late for us to get the last bus so i ordered a taxi at great expense but i managed to do it the taxi did turn up so that was one thing that went right and then the taxi driver was like where do you want dropping And i remembered the name of the street but unfortunately not the number of the uh, of the uh, of the airbnb so i basically was just like oh shit well um uh okay well i basically try and conjure up from my mind what it was and basically he dropped us somewhere on the street and was sort of you know in the way that like he was a very friendly guy he even gave us a uh sort yeah. of improm- impromptu ride around some of the sites of the city in the taxi presumably because you have fuck all else to do with this time and yeah. uh, <laughs> so and basically he was like are you sure you know where it is and i was like yeah yeah i think it's around here somewhere and then like like manna from heaven the number 17 popped into my head and then our very lovely host sigrid uh opened the door uh, basically we had like the ground floor of an old Faroese ladies home um and, oh, okay. uh, and we were able to get in and I,
1: I, uh, yeah i do i do love that the taxi driver refused to leave us like he was like no i'll, I'll make sure you get to your home and i'm like there's not been a murder here for like 26 years like <laughs> there's no crime here like no that's why because everyone's so bloody attentive and safe <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah true but i was like well, I, I i am i'm very much of the opinion i'll be all right it's fine um uh, yeah. Fadoese taxi driver was not of that opinion and was said, like, no i
0: will take <laughs> you to <through> the house <laughs> because you will get lost um, yeah I, I i have to say that like um because i got uh i bought like uh a guidebook uh and indeed the only travel guide you can buy for the Faroe islands <laughs> and like the guy who wrote it had uh, described the Faroese as like they can be kind of kind of reserved in a way that can come off as a little bit standoffish but i actually didn't find that at all like from from the people they were like very friendly and uh and welcoming um now as far as the next thing that went wrong and i do have a list so don't worry about that uh, but this was something we were prepared for uh before we went to the pharaohs so basically we went to the pharaohs without a ticket for the game all right and like this is actually i think illegal in some countries like um i know if like there's sort of um, if you're on like a hooligan banning order, like you're not allowed to go to travel without a ticket just to like, just for the crack to certain country, uh, the country where England are playing football, for instance. But that's England, and we have a you know, huge hooligan problem, as, as as you may be aware. So um... you are reprehensible as a nation. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, no, I know. I thought, no, I, I oh, no, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you will not get the uh, argument from us. Yeah, <laughs> and we'd, we'd missed the boat on the Scotland Supporters Club, I think you had to be members for a certain number of months or, or yeah. whatever. So basically I was like, okay, well that's fine. We'll just buy a ticket in the home end. So I tried doing that and then uh, got a little message saying uh unable to do this outside of the Pharaohs. So I was like, ah shit. So mm. but um I and I kind of did embrace David's uh mantra of our oh, will be fine i uh, mean because what i did was i looked up the attendance figures for the recent pharaohs home games uh because they have a um it's a, a lovely stadium um that they have there. Oh, it, it looks beautiful yeah it's, it's very modern and nice and very scandy yeah. uh architecture about 5000 capacity and their game recent home game against Denmark had a list of tens of 4,700 I was like right if they haven't sold out the game with Denmark who are the like colonial power and like the main rival and stuff like that then they ain't going to sell the Scotland game out so basically when we got to Sigrid's Airbnb literally the first thing I did was get on the wi-fi and buy tickets for the game the tickets were very reasonable actually there were three pricing tiers and I got a couple for the middle one which I think was like 20 quid a piece or uh, something like that Really not bad. So, uh, OK, we had everything sorted for the game. We had our tickets. That was good because it would have been I would have been pretty mad if we'd have taken three connecting flights to get to uh, these, like this outcrop in the North Sea and then found out that we couldn't actually even go to the game. Um, but uh, so we decided, OK, well, uh, we'll have a nice day sightseeing uh, before the game. So we were staying in uh, Torshavn, which is the capital city of the pharaohs, which is population about 15,000. A very small place but like fascinating in the way that micro state capital cities tend to be in in that okay it is really not very big but it has all of the trappings of a capital city so it has a parliament building it has like national museums and things like that all very modest in scale but you know uh, very charming we did have a walk by the uh, the government buildings and it's really funny because there's one of the buildings it just says prime minister's office and then underneath it it says ministry of finance and then underneath that it says ministry of foreign affairs so they've just crammed all of the ministries into this like into this uh, one building and there's an old town as well where the um, the basically old wooden houses, which are like stained with tar, so they're all black. And there's about a dozen of those, and that used to be the settlement until about uh, 200 years ago. We saw the fort where they had loads of uh, like a few cannons up there as well, and there was a lighthouse and some monuments and stuff. And so like we we basically went around um, and um, just saw the sides. It took took the morning. There was also one of the old townhouses had the fucking well what kind of was it like the the kill bride tartan army or um or or something like that so there was like they just put the a
1: Lovingston tartan Livingston, army I that was it, was it a
0: hung a flag from this historic building and uh, we saw like uh, lads in kilts just in Scotland shirts just uh, cutting about the place uh, all day and uh, and we had a lovely lunch, uh, David had Burger King and I had uh, Sunset Boulevard which is basically a fancier Danish Burger King at the oh, SMS, nice. shopping, SMS shopping centre which is like the I think, well, certainly the only shopping centre in Torshaven. Uh, very, very nice. It's like the, the best possible version of a provincial shopping arcade. Um, and uh, yeah, just just very nice. We, we went to a sports shop and each bought a HB Torshaven uh, replica shirts, which are like the most successful club team of the Pharaohs. Um, I, I, they, they 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 they've that, that that rings a bell.
2: They've been in like the UEFA Cup the yeah, year yeah. and yeah, sort of the yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah.
1: They played modern one. Yeah They played one the UEFA Cup. They might even played City. Yeah yeah.
2: For some reason, I, I feel like maybe City.
0: Although I might be getting them confused with Mitchelland, who I think are uh, Danish. Danish. Did you not sign yeah. like? it was Gunnar Nielsen who was Faroese and used to play yeah. for City. Yes. Was he not yeah. like? signed from a fairies team after you played them in Europe or it seems like something might happen yeah because he was
2: like our our second choice keeper for for ages
1: yeah Yeah, 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 did he have a woolly hat
2: (laughs) unfortunately not no woolly hats or puffins so
0: yeah um so uh and yeah so and uh yeah, again like really nice people in the shopping center they only had one hb tour shirt in medium so they were like yeah we'll get one from the warehouse just come back tomorrow and pick it up and we had a l- little bit of back and forth with them about the game and they were just like ah you will win easily and uh we were just like don't be so sure and uh as yeah, it turned really out like no i was like you have not watched scotland before
1: have you yes yeah. <laughs> all uh, but, we need uh, to do is beat the Faroe islands what could possibly go wrong <laughs> i know yes. what could possibly
0: go wrong 80 yes. minutes of nerve-shreddingly bad football <laughs> oh yeah well we'll get to the game actually because there's one other mishap that i need to talk about before that so basically i had the bright idea of um going to this uh, village called kirkibur which is like it's the southernmost settlement on uh, Straymore, which is the main island, population of about 80. But like it used to be the seat of the archbishop. And there's some historical buildings there. There's like the like the oldest church that is currently in use in the country. There's a uh, there's a funny story behind this. Basically, there's this cathedral which doesn't have a roof, which were built in like 1300 and the taxes to pay for it were so like heavy that the villagers basically just said nah fuck that we're not paying it and so like this <laughs> this cathedral just never got finished so you you would think it was a ruin but was like no nah, they just never built the roof <laughs> um,
1: nicola, nicola sturgeon strikes again with her council tax cuts
0: when will the <laughs> when will this tyranny end um so yeah so basically i was like well this looks interesting and you can get there on the bus from tour and it's about half an hour and so basically we'll go there spend well about an hour there just seeing the like two or three sites there are to see and then we'll have a walk around the village which won't take long get the bus back uh have a bit of dinner back in in the city and be there and plenty of time for the game and i think we're the only people who actually rode the bus as far as kirkibor um and then the bus driver so like the bus driver mind you said to us oh i'll be back at 4 15 so we were like okay cool see you at 4 15 kind of never showed up so um (laughs) and the next bus wasn't until seven (laughs) (laughs) because like um as the icelanders often say we have the public transport we can afford so uh and the buses were very nice and they were free as well which which was cool but like yeah kind of infrequent and so we were basically either staring down the barrel of a seven kilometer hike back to torsavon which we could have done in time but did not maybe represent the ideal solution um luckily uh (laughs) As luck would have it, them, uh, a couple of cyclists uh, came into the bus shelter. We are using nicest fucking bus shelter I've ever been in, by the way. It had a, uh, a traditional turf roof, was very, um, very oh, was warm. Really? Yeah, 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 really, really nice. And basically, we explained to these cyclists what what had happened, uh, the bus hadn't turned up, and they said, oh, we'll we'll order you a taxi. So they just, like, rang up the taxi company, orders a taxi, and said, yeah, he'll be here in 10 minutes. Then the taxi driver turned up and said, and I quote, the rescue party has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just drove drove us back to town. We had a good old chat, and uh, yeah, just again, just lovely, lovely people. And I learned an interesting fact about the Faroe Islands that when
1: um, Denmark was involved in some medieval war and they lost a lot of their territory, they were carving up the territory on a map, and the king put his glass, at his goblet of alcoholic meads, um, over the Faroe Islands, so that they didn't realise that they owned the Faroe Islands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's amazing. I don't know if this was the same time because I, I found out an interesting fact is that there was a time at which the Kingdom of Denmark was having quite a lot of financial trouble, and the King of Denmark genuinely did offer the Pharaohs to Henry VIII for cash. So the Pharaohs were nearly British, and let me tell you, they dodged a fucking bullet with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Think so of we effective Falklands. <laughs> yeah so we we ate at a, a takeaway called pizza king i can confirm there is a pizza king in every city uh no matter where where on earth it is and then uh went went to the game and uh as david has intimated it was perhaps um closer than it needs to be now considering <laughs> like the Faroe islands have a few professional players they've got a fellow who plays for dundalk of all places and um uh, like some people who play pro in denmark and iceland and, and norway um but like most of them are part-timers and you know scotland have uh Players who play for Liverpool and Chelsea and Arsenal and Man, Man United. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, yeah. like <laughs> top top clubs. Anyway, Scotland won one nil with a goal uh, in the eighty seventh minute that almost got chalked off the of VAR. <laughs> so, like, I, mean,
1: I, I'm not, I'm not a guy who has anxiety. Like, very often, I was, I was proper. Um, I I was not in a good state, in <laughs> that that goal I was, I was like, we're in the fatalist end, so I couldn't even fucking celebrate. I mean, you fucking did that. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I mean, I would, I would say, I mean, it it That's shocking, That's terrible. <laughs> ref,
2: ref. I, I, I would say, if you ever want to sort of figure out what it is like to have quite severe anxiety, like just remember, <laughs> bottle that feeling, remember it, and think. Dan
0: wakes up with that at least every other day of the year <laughs> um, it's the, a fucking
1: nightmare pal like,
0: <laughs> i would actually go as far as to say the pharaohs were the better team in the game like they created the oh, best yeah teams. they were we were dog meat man we were yeah. <laughs> so bad um i also shout out to the Faroese ultras by the way uh they're like them followed me on instagram oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, d- yeah they had a brass band Game recognises game, David. Yeah, absolutely. Um, D- David got talking to the brass band and uh, said that they were better than the England supporters band. And the guy seemed genuinely really touched. And he told me this when I got back and I was like, oh, yeah, everyone hates the England supporters band. they fucking dog shit. Yeah, well li- literally it wouldn't be fucking difficult, would it? Uh can you half can you play your can you play the trumpet above a grade 4 level? Can yeah. you 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 better than the England supporters band? C- can you do more than two t- t- tunes? Excellent. There you go. Can you're away. Come uh, on England, God, fuck off. Uh, <laughs> actually speaking of tunes, I swear they there was at one point the the brass band genuinely started playing the riff from Raining Blood by Slayer. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: that's great, though. <laughs> like, that's exactly you <laughs> kind <of crap> that. <laughs> No, you in Scandinavia when? <laughs> uh, but, uh, they, they played the reference
1: and as well as their other big hit, uh, which was uh, Backstreet's Back by the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. Uh, but the lyrics all changed to me to the Fado Islands scoring a goal. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, were, they were lovely. Um, and we met some Fadoese people behind me who clearly noticed that I had a Scottish accent and was having a panic attack. And realized I was a <laughs> Scotland fan. And we're like, Are you a Scotland fan? And I'm like, I I mean, no, no, no. Um I I Faroeese. I I David and George, all that's just Faroese for John and Frank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Both <laughs> and in Um but yeah, so we got talking to these Faroese girls and then they invited us um uh to this bar uh in town. it was actually very close to our um uh, very close to our accommodation. So um yeah so we were like yeah yeah sure we'll go out after and then we like got talking to these uh scottish blokes on the way out and uh and that they ended up in there as well. There's a lot of, um, it was weird, weird bar because there was like a regular bar on the ground floor and there was an Irish bar on the first floor and they appeared to be owned by the same people. So just like, <laughs> let's do exactly the same kind of thing but with more shamrocks. And uh, so we basically ended up in this bar, got talking to another rando and um, there's a bit of karaoke as well. And then around about 11, I was like, look, I'm not one for pubs. And as mentioned before, well, no, no, I, I do like pubs, but like maybe not sort of like you know, late night sort of festivity. Yeah. And you know, it's a bit loud for my blood. So I was like uh, and <laughs> this is where the the best fuck up of the um of the uh of our sojourn uh comes in. So I, I said to David, All oh, right, I'm just going up to back to the accommodation, literally like two minute walks just up the street and right. Um and went back and just like had a had a shower because i was a, a bit cold after the game watched a bit of mahjong on the telly and uh, so i was like well i mean you know this place closes at midnight so like just come back whenever and Dave was like yeah and just talking to some people in the smoking area so i was like okay cool it'll be fine um, <laughs> famous last words so um basically um i got a well a text or a phone call i'm trying to remember what well, might have been the phone call it
1: was call. a text it was a text
0: yeah, it was a text that's about... Um... Because the crucial point
1: was, as I said, I'm in the pub next to the harbour that we were at. Yes. <laughs> now, it turns out, I don't think I was at that pub. <laughs> no, no, this <laughs> is the crucial <laughs> point. <laughs> so, I, I I should probably add in at this point, I may have went on a detour after uh, the pub, where I went and I met some people, and I walked them back to their hotel at the stadium, but we'll gloss over that. Um so I just went around, I just went and we said journal and to for shaven for an hour. And then I was like, right, I'll go back to the bar. Went back to the bar and there were still people there, but they were just sitting outside. So I was like, alright, I'll text George, I'll wait with these people. This is all fun and games. There we go. I'm back at the pub on the coast by the harbour. Turns out there's two
0: bits of the harbour, each with their own pub. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah so,
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. so I mean, we were very unlucky because like David's phone tends to die and run out of battery very quick in cold weather, which is not very good when you're in the fucking Faroe Islands. Oh, no. great <laughs> in
1: Qatar 2022. Oh, fucking banging in. I wouldn't charge for days.
0: Yeah. So I so I got a text from David um, saying uh, I'm at the bar. Uh, I'll, I'm on my way back, and then 15 minutes later. David was not back so I was like oh that's weird because I shouldn't take 15 minutes to get back to uh, get back to the accommodation well no David texted me back and said I've forgotten where the accommodation is in relation to where I am Um, and I said do you want me to like get me clothes on and come and pick you up and he said yeah so I said great just stay outside the Irish bar and I'll come and get you and that was the exact point at which David's phone died before he could text me back I'm not at the Irish bar anymore (laughs) so um, I went down the Irish bar no David. (laughs) There are like some staff clearing up. And uh, this is about one thirty in the morning, I would estimate. And um, so I was like, fuck, try calling David, went to answer phone. try calling David, went to answer phone. I, I w- went back to the accommodation and got my waterproof because it had started to rain back to the harbour. No, David. I started checking the water for floating bodies. And then <laughs> I got a um I got a call from David saying, do you know where the Hotel Hafnia is? And I was like, oh, "Yeah, I do." I've walked past. He's like, "Great, I'm in the lobby charging my phone." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, I was
1: in. Uh, so I basically they have like plug sockets in the corridors for, for the Hoover's basically to clean. And I and there was a door open and I, to the hotel just randomly open again. They've not had a murder in 26 years. What could go wrong? Um, and I just went in, just sat in the corridor like just charging my phone um and yeah phoned them going i'm in the hotel I, I can't remember what the hotel is in relation to our house come and get me at the hotel because uh, it's like the, one of the tallest buildings and in, in, in the in so it's like yeah
0: yeah,
1: yeah you, you can figure out where this is you can see it in the sky so yeah yeah, um, yeah.
0: I, I i remembered i remember where it was um because like it was like yeah the other part of the harbor basically um and uh yeah, so came and got David. I'm not going to be honest, I was pretty raging at this point, but like, you know, it didn't sort of um, you know, eventually that dissipated and but basically I was like, okay, like let's both go to bed. We'll, we'll get up in the morning and uh basically the next day, um well the I was thinking about maybe getting a ferry over to this island called Nolsoy, but it did look a bit misty. Also D- David was hanging out his ass and we <laughs> basically like, look, we've already got stranded on the same island by mistake (laughs) i don't want to go and get stranded on a different island because if the ferries are anything like as regular as the buses it'll probably fucking capsize before it gets (laughs) over
2: um
0: so so we so we didn't do that we uh basically hung around a bit in the morning it was pissing it down with rain so we were like cool back to bed for a couple of hours and then head out went for a walk to the um I uh, went to the post office to buy some stamps for David's who Yeah, my dad doesn't stamps. have
1: a passport. He hasn't been abroad since he was about 12. So every everywhere I go, I buy on stamps. And by fuck did he get a treasure trove I bought him a giant book of all the stamps in the Fado Islands in the last year <laughs> uh, with the stamps actually in them. Not like a picture of the stamps, but the actual stamps oh, wow. woven into the book. So yes, that's his But yeah, Great great clobber. Yeah, well, yeah. and um, I I was chatting away to the lassie who runs oh, the yeah. sort of stamp. And she was like, oh, what time do you knock off? Um, she said, oh, half weeks, I need to get the ferry. I'm like, sorry. She oh, I don't live on this island. I live on another island. I'm like, what? You're like, yeah, it's like um, she had to leave early because if she didn't, she would be stranded like me. Um, yeah, and, and basically, uh, like,
0: if you live on that island, your choices for employment are the fish factory, the old folks' home, or the petrol station. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, and then we... um. Uh, decided yeah got got a little got a little bit of lunch and uh, made our way over basically back in the direction of the stadium because uh, I wanted to go to the uh, National Gallery of the Faroe Islands which I did yeah. it was free because it was half term week it took me approximately half an hour to see all the paintings yeah <laughs> uh, quite modest and uh, but uh, unexpectedly and I don't know how we'd not noticed this the night before, there's another stadium beh- behind the national stadium. And this is the home of the aforementioned HB Torshaven and the local rivals B36 Torshaven. I've never seen anything like it because there's two stands, which like each one decked out in the colours of one t- of the teams. Oh, nice. Yeah, they have
1: like a huge sort of neutral stand. Yeah. And then the other end, you have got a small stand for HB Torshaven and a small stand for B36. Now, I, um, I have a friend, uh, Stevie, he used to play in a band called veil and his thing was is he worked in the rigs and whenever he wasn't in the rigs he went to the Faroe Islands and hiked. That's basically what he did for to, for quite a lot. Another reason why I wanted to go, because he posted all these pictures, posted stuff, and he told me when you go to the Faroe Islands, they're all because they're all all winter pitches and because crime is so low, um, all the stadiums are open. So you can just go in and have a kick about if you like. And have a wander about. And I was like, that's quite cool that you can just go and, you know, so, we, we found this stadium, and uh, I said to George, One of my favourite things in the world is just our vexing round stadiums and just sitting in empty stadiums and going in yeah. <laughs> all the nooks and crannies and all that. So, yeah. I found that all, all the club shops and stuff like that are in the, are in the respective stands and um, like the proper order offices and stuff. It's like an office building with a stand on it for each of the clubs, and you just have like the uh, next door neighbours, which is a, a very great dynamic. Um, but so I, I said to George says well, you can go to the National Gallery. For, like, I'm just going to sit here for half an hour and just sort of just sit and relax and go and find all the nooks and crannies and all that. And um, I did do that and it it was great fun. I uh, just love just I I like just like being by myself in a football stadium. It's just one of the yeah best, no best I
2: best I, I I know what you mean. I used to love that about going to Rio matches. You know, like if no one else would yeah. come with me, I used to really enjoy it actually.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I sat there for a wee while, uh, and he'd give me the key. And after yesterday's escapades, a I, I bold move from George. I'm not going to lie, to give me the key, but he did <laughs> give me the key. And I was like, right, that's fine. But he's away to the National Gallery, so I was like, okay. So I sat for a half an hour, whatever. I was like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk back. And uh, I had a wee walk around the pitch, and I said, I'll walk back. And he says, well, the National Stadium is behind us. I, I know how to get back from the National Stadium. So I know I can get a bus to a certain place and then go and I know where I'm going. So I walked past the national stadium and it turns out that not only are the club stadiums open, the national stadium is also open for people to just wander about in as well. And I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" On like, no way! It, it was like a kid at Christmas, absolutely. It, it was on. It was actually on my birthday that this happened. Uh, so it was, it was a nice wee birthday day, and I seen this. And I was like, "Oh, um, the the other there's are stands." Like, uh, one of the stands just looks like an office block. So if you ever watch a Pharaohs game on the television, you'll just see, like, a row of, like, windows that looks like an office block. Turns out there's a stand on top of it on the roof of, like, benches <laughs> and stuff. So I was sat there and watched it. I was, that's quite cool, a big like, aerial view. Like, proper, you know how them, is it Real and the Ceramica, where they have the big, huge mm. stadium that goes up and up and up? Um, it, was, it was kind of a bit like that. It was such a, a sheer view. I was like, that's quite cool. And then I was walking along, just seeing a staircase down to the pitch. And I'm like, I mean, it's your birthday, David. You you, you kind of you need to. So I was like, right, fuck it. And I just walked down and walked into the stadium. And sure enough, national stadium. So imagine go imagine just walking past Wembley and being able to just walk in and just roam the bowels of Wembley eh, like that. Eh, or maybe on a smaller scale, granted. But, you know, the, the idea still pertains. And it was there, and obviously, just walking about, going into all the stands and stuff and just loving it. And there was a ball on the pitch, and I was and I was wearing my Scotland shirt, and, and and we usually ask on the Christmas episode what is the greatest goal you have ever scored. I can now mm. confidently say we have a new champion and new, oh, yes. <laughs> where I just got the ball. I was like, "Fuck it, why not?" Ran on, amazing run, recreating Linden Dyke screamer slash definitely probably should have been off goal. Uh, in the net, celebrated, and then a janny, came in and I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like that—that—that that, that visceral thrill of being on a football pitch with a ball and just scoring a goal there, uh, and I was—I was buzzing for a solid like three hours afterwards, just absolutely high on adrenaline. It was amazing.
0: You've, you've also <laughs> you have also now scored more goals in the Scotland shirt than Ollie McBurnie. Yeah, yes.
1: Well, yes, I, I've yeah, I've actually um,
0: shot So that was so that was fun, and then like it turned out we got uh, back to the Airbnb around about the same time, uh, which was good because it was like okay, we have to go and get our. This is another thing that I, I I actually left this off my list initially of the things that went wrong. So they asked that you get a COVID test after you've been in the country a couple of days, and we were like, yeah, fine. I got them booked. Uh, through the Ferraris Health Ministry. Uh, went to the National Hospital, which is where I thought the tests were. It turned out they weren't. They were um, at, at the harbour. The other side of the city. Yeah, the other side of the city. Um, and they, <laughs> they basically did the COVID test. Basically, they were doing like drive-through COVID testing for like people getting off the ferries uh, in their cars. And then we were just there, like this queue of cars, like this is the right fucking place. And they like came and did our COVID test. That was absolutely fine. Uh, we were a little bit late, but they didn't seem to mind. Uh, went out for fucking fish and chips um like now <laughs> and i yeah, got a bottle of iron brew as well oh yes yeah david managed to fucking somehow find iron brew on the way to the hospital so see it wasn't all for nothing that we took that massive detour no. because <laughs> i fucked up um so um yeah, and uh, went went for fish and chips at the uh, the only chippy in the city, I believe. Uh, basically, a hole in the wall. I ordered fish and chips twice. They said come back in twenty five minutes. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Never had to wait twenty five minutes for uh, fish and chips, and that includes when I've had it delivered. Um, but um, uh, so yeah, went and got a drink. Uh, very good fish and chips. Uh, fucking masses yeah. of it as well. Like oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I know they like killing whales in the Faroes. So like like th- <laughs> this might have been a whole whale. Um, and then we had a you know decided to have a bit more of a sedate evening uh than the previous one so we sat in the airbnb eating our fish and chips watching um the only thing we could watch because we couldn't figure out how to change the tv channel and that was a danish language documentary about this corrupt mayor who had like siphoned <laughs> off loads of money from like the public purse to fund uh, amongst other things the local football team
2: that actually yes, sounded F. F.
0: brilliant it <laughs> was great yeah sc
1: norgeland won the Danish league title and it was all like embezzled council funds. <laughs> are, are, you, are,
2: are you telling me that they're the reddish Vulcans of the Faroe Islands? <laughs> oh, it's let <laughs> it go. I'll
0: never let it go, George. I'll never let it go.
2: Yeah, so Five think... points above us. They finished that season, George. Five points above us. If they'd been docked, the requisite amount of points would
1: have been promoted. <laughs> it's not like a City fan to of about FFB.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's exactly see so david i foresaw it all i yeah. was a lone voice in the wilderness so,
0: uh... so the uh the next um the next the the next day after david flew home started uh started pretty smoothly had to get up about half six to uh walk over to the uh ferry terminal which is where the bus to the airport left bus arrived on time got on the bus made it to the airport in bags of time uh absolutely no trouble there um so for some reason they wouldn't print our boarding pass uh they or they couldn't print our boarding pass for the last leg of our journey which was um from uh well uh, Billund this time rather than Copenhagen to Amsterdam and then from Amsterdam to uh, to Edinburgh and we kind of thought oh, I was just a uh, computer malfunction turns out it was not a computer malfunction because when we got to Billund and uh had a six hour wait by the way and we decided not to go to Legoland because again vietnam flashbacks of being stranded in this fucking 80, 80 person village um uh basically they were like oh the flight's overbooked and we're like you are fucking kidding so yeah it turned out there was um three more people booked on the flight by klm than um there were actually seats for and uh, so obviously there's lot of great consternation a lot of people want to get back to scotland and then they said uh, there'll be an offer of compensation to people who choose to give up their seats and fly back tomorrow and i said to david should we find out how much that is because like, i am genuinely up for that and uh it turned out they said like uh 250 euro voucher meal voucher um ho- hotel hotel that night and uh we'll book you on a, a lufthansa flight via frankfurt the next day so we were like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, so basically, we were there Well, no.
1: I was. I was like, it's my we- it's my anniversary tomorrow.
0: Oh god, yeah. <laughs> okay, that that's an important <laughs> point. It was David's wedding anniversary the next day.
1: Yeah. So I had to phone my wife and go, "I won't be home in time for the wedding <laughs> uh, for our anniversary because they wanted." And she's like, "Don't take the don't take the money. getting in the flight." And I was like, "I, I kind of want to though." And I was like, oh And then it was kind of this way, and I went to you, and I was like, "Right." I'm not going to do it, And I think we kind of agreed that um, you just go, you just take it and I'll get in the flight. Yeah. And then my wife phoned me going, sorry, I was being a moody bitch. Is it really, the, is, it, is, it, is it a better option? I'm like, yeah, it will be because it's going to be a nightmare. trying to get back, from Edinburgh and all that. And yeah, uh, so I, I managed to get a hotel, spent the night watching Eurosport
0: badminton in a plush hotel. It was great. Um, yeah. What a way to live. Yeah, we what did- a way to live indeed. Yeah, we um uh well I yeah I, I I phoned I phoned Sarah uh to tell her what had happened. I was like yeah, no, I'm going to be home later than I thought. And I got off the phone. And I was like, well, Sarah is finding it all very funny. And David said, great, can can she tell my wife it's funny? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but then she'd bellowed like, out oh, by then and like yeah we did have to get up at four in the morning uh the next day to get to the airport for our absurdly early flight to frankfurt i did manage to have an absurdly large amount of sausage and sauerkraut um in the like hour and a half we had to spend in oh, germany it smelled
1: vile it, smelt vile. I'm it right.
0: was fucking yeah, amazing
1: I, I was gutted i went i was um i, I when i was in the airport when uh, george was eating his vile concoction I went in a wander and I found that McDonald's was open. And I wouldn't usually eat a McDonald's breakfast, however, they did the McQuasson. And I was like, hello. <laughs> What's so the McQuasson? F- <laughs> yeah, a bit of va va for your morning. Got to the, and I was like, right, I said, I've given myself up the McQuasson. I'm open to new ideas, let's get this done. And then they didn't have any. And I was like, well, what the fuck's the point in be, be, being here? What the fuck's the point in any of this? And yeah. Um, so it's still to try the McQuasson. Any German listeners, please tell me what the McQuasson is like. I am genuinely intrigued. I think it's actually just a quasson. Doesn't even have anything in it.
0: It's Just a quasson. And uh, so, and you were pleased to hear that, like nothing else possibly went wrong uh, after that, and thus ends the saga of, in 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 the very literal sense, uh, of uh, David and George's uh, escapade in the Faroe Islands. <laughs> Fuck me.
3: It's, it's an like epic, a Tober
2: an Moor- epic tale. Uh, Worthy
0: of the Norse warriors of old.
2: Indeed, yeah. yeah. Worthy of the uh, yeah the, the Norse sagas of old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 if somebody said to you, what is the Fado Islands like? I'd be like, if, if Tobermory or Lindisfarne had a government, that's basically what the <laughs> Fado Islands is. It's wonderful. Everyone should go. It's not oh, that yeah, hard it's... to get to un- uh, unless I book it.
0: Yeah, if you're not idiots like us, it's genuinely a really good place to yeah, go. I, I would go really recommend Scotland it.
1: Scotland are playing, you know, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. But I would definitely encourage people to go. I want to go back again. My wife is also not very happy because she wanted to go to the Fed Islands. I was like, no, I'm away in the Skype for a few days. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I, definitely, I, it was the best of times, it was the blurst of times.
0: Yeah, okay. So, uh year in review. We 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 usually do uh, one of these. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, but let's just let's try and get through it together, all right? So, um let's let's begin with the good old Vinnie Mac and his world wrestling Fentertainment So, um, um Fenton, get, Fenton Just just before we get started uh, on this, I, I I just want to
2: to highlight to 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 the listeners, um We'll come on to this, I, I, I'm sure, but basically, I was quite diligent in my uh, in my watching across pretty much every, as many federations, as many promotions, as many uh, nations as I could manage for about the first four or five months, maybe of the year, yeah. um, and then since then, um, I've uh, I've dropped off hugely as well as we'll get to when we probably get to the AEW bit. But the most important thing to mention here is that the only hours of wwe programming i watched all year were was wrestlemania so i think well, i might have watched some nxt i've never watched any nxt um so yeah
1: are you are you are you aware of what nxt is now
2: oh of course, yeah of course i'm aware like i'm always aware of what's going on in places that i'm not watching um i'm i'm, I'm enough of a fan to keep tuned in you know i'll still listen to the podcast about it i'll still read stuff i'll still look at news um i'm i'm, I'm on twitter um, but my I, I basically made a decision this year, which was to finally just um, give up entirely on a company that in every respect has given up entirely on what was once considered to be the um, standard sort of prism model of promoting wrestling, which was that you give the audience in some way, at least uh, a set, some some approximation of what they actually want um, yeah. um, it, instead of this sort of bizarre sort of sadomasochistic relationship that, that that WWE has sort of developed. It's very, it's very late Romanov dynasty <laughs> extravagance and uh, and sort of like, you know, an utter inability to, um, to believe that they could be wrong on anything. So basically this year was the year that I really did make the decision that um, not even sort of out of an ethical thing. I mean, there was an awful lot of stuff that WWE have done, you know, obviously historically and, and especially <laughs> yes. this year. Um, which um, is egregious. But I just thought that, um, you know, uh, uh, signing people with absolutely no idea what to do with them other than to make sure no one else signed them, um, you know, like uh, signing some people for a period of literally months, getting them to, like, you know, uproot their lives, their their day jobs, their families, you know, Florida or whatever, uh, you know, uh, allied with the fact that there is an American promotion um, that, you know, uh, regardless of any criticisms that are very fair to to throw at it, um, actually does seem to be making some sort of an effort to um, make wrestling uh, fun um, and, f- you know, fruitful and like a sort of um, a, 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 a now and again, when it gets it really right, a kind of joyous collective activity again. Um, I just, I, I dropped WWE entirely. I did watch WrestleMania, though. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie and say I'm coming here with any fucking actual in-depth knowledge of... of oh, no, no no one
0: expects us to know stuff. It's fine. Like... um. <laughs> I am yeah, don't
1: I was gonna say with me with WWE I was in the habit religiously from say WrestleMania twenty eleven I watched every pay per view, every one, and to the point where it was always on a Sunday, it was a ritualistic thing for me on the Monday, six PM when I finished work, I'd buy a giant bag of Doritos and cans or whatever, and I'd sit and I'd watch it and the full three hours and that would be my Monday night. That was always a ritualistic thing that I did. And I'd done that for a solid eight, nine years, well beyond the point that anybody else, you know, other people were watching every pay-per-view and, and had checked out and just watching like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, the Rumble or whatever. But I was I was firmly in that, that routine. And then we got to the pandemic. and I was like, right, okay. I watched WrestleMania and I watched the first couple of them. And I was like, I mean, yeah, like, this is all right, but even then, I was getting to the point where I'd watch it like three weeks later. You know what I mean? Like I, I would yeah. watch them, but it wasn't up- current. It wasn't you know my Monday night ritual or anything like that. I was mm. and then this year, I ju- I just cut it. I just I just didn't watch it. I I watched WrestleMania, and I think I missed like all the pay-per-views in between. There may have been one that I watched. And what did I watch? Maybe some. I think I watched SummerSlam, and even then, like every every moment of WWE I've watched this year, outside of maybe one or two matches at WrestleMania, have just left me dead inside. I couldn't oh, yeah. give the slightest shit. Like I don't. I don't. I have. No, it's not even. that I hate it. It just literally instills no emotion in me. And to be fair, yeah. it's kind of caught on where I'm the same with most wrestling now. Like I mean, we'll get on to it later, but like, most wrestling, I, I don't care anymore. I mean, you know, <laughs> a bit worrying for, you know, seeing as I run a wrestling podcast, but, like, I can watch, like, for example, the Soviet stuff in New Japan. Yeah, that's great. Watch that. It's great. Love it. And watch archive stuff or whatever. We, we review something for the pod. I always enjoy the match because I'm, I'm picking more into it, uh, you know, and I'm finding stuff to talk about and stuff like that. And I get to talk about that with other people. Now, like, you watched current wwe i mean i i despair for anyone who. this is why we will never have a patreon by the way because people in the endless hunt for content are like having to review new japan or wwe shows from now when it's well beyond any sort of expiration date but you still just have to keep doing it because that's the job now you have to watch this and yeah i just completely cut it i watched crown jewel because goldberg was on it because <laughs> of course i did but but no like i, I just don't care anymore like survivor series was like however many weeks ago literally oh. found out the day after when i saw a report and looked yeah up, okay there was an egg sound we will watch
0: this. <laughs> that's the thing like the i mean let's talk about vesselmania contra SummerSlam because like we we, we did actually record a vesselmania review and then it never got released because we kind of couldn't be fucked but um like i had a really good time watching wrestlemania and i don't know if it was because like you know the novelty of actually like a crowd being back you know a sort of reduced crowd as it was but like just having like hey there's actually a crowd and they're reacting to fucking bobby lashley versus drew mcintyre but like it kind of had this sort of weird ramshackle air to it in a lot of ways i mean because it got delayed by a storm night one and you could see them scrambling and like WWE is not a company which likes to react to unexpected stuff. They're very sort of control freaky. And it was great. Like you could see like Michael Cole and Samoa Joe in these fucking seafood ponchos having to vamp. Uh you could you could see who could cut a promo off the cuff, Kevin Owens, and who yeah. couldn't, Seth Rollins. Um and I mean night one was especially good because you had um well you had there's a lot of like fun stuff. But like you had a uh, Bad Bunny getting uh like uh getting in the ring and having just like an absolutely wonderful um just showing just quite clearly a guy who uh because like a bunch of a bunch of fucking uh you know mostly non Hispanic wrestling fans go oh who bad i I've never heard of Bad Bunny therefore he isn't famous. Um but, but believe you me, from someone yeah. who's
2: taught teenagers in Spain he's fucking famous. So. Oh
0: absolutely and like not a guy who was there for a payday, a guy who clearly wanted to wrestle, he wanted to train properly, they couldn't kind of did a Canadian destroyer. <laughs> like he did like lucha shit. It's 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 the it's the best celebrity appearance in the history of WrestleMania. But yeah, certainly in, in terms of pure yeah in terms of pure work rate. Yeah, yeah and, it's it's and, fantastic. And then after that you got um uh Sasha Banks versus uh, Bianca Belair which is oh. one of the best WrestleMania main events of all time. Yep. Um and like night two my joint
2: here. it's my joint yeah. favourite with uh, Reigns Lesnar.
0: Yeah, and Night 2 was less strong but, um, I mean, you had the absolute fucking nonsense with um, Randy Orton and The Fiends to open up. Who would have thought oh the, God, the, the one with the bug projections that literally only David Forrest liked would not even be Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt's dumbest WrestleMania fans?
1: I, 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 as I, as I joked in The loss, I totally forgot we'd never released that pod. I genuinely checked our feeds and like, oh yeah, no, we never released that. i <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I can't wait for WrestleMania 43 with the spooky Red Arrow is costing Bray Wyatt the match, and
0: the and oh the and, 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 and Wyatt versus Orton free. Like, what not what, what, the spooky Red Arrow what Pat called his finisher when he turned heel?
2: <laughs> yeah. So oh I was going to say, could I just make a point before you you, you move on for to the rest of the card? I, I just wanted to make a point uh, to pick up on something you said about that novel that that feeling of novelty in the sort of like the you know the the, 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 the pandemic world that we're in um of of having the crowd back um and and you're absolutely right george the unpredictability that was sort of brought in by external uh, elements really added to it because i think this is what you know really when, when i think about it actually was the most sort of difficult thing about WWE in many ways to to watch is that through this sort of unwillingness to give in to anything like um you know the the will of of the fandom and this notion that they always know best they've created what i would sort of describe as this like hermetic ambience when it comes to like um a, a, a WWE you know it it doesn't reference anything outside of itself um everything is the WWE universe there's nothing outside of that um and you know the the crowds themselves seem Less full of people that love wrestling than people that are sort of p- part of the sort of sharp end of like, you know, uh, w- w- what passes for modern like cultural criticism, which is basically fandom. Right. And th- that exists in all wrestling. Fa- like, you know, uh, all wrestling fans are part of that in some way and manifest it in different ways. But it was just sort of I always liken it to, you know, Watership Down, you know, um, the part of Watership Down where the um, the, uh, the rabbits led by Hazel and Bigwig uh, end up in this mysterious uh, sort of mysteriously empty warren. Um, which is uh, uh, kind of you know where everyone seems to sort of uh, be very reliant um, on um, the uh, the carrots that are left uh, above ground mm. for them. They all have this like sort of um, incredibly uh, sort of philosophical um, sort of like a tired air about them. And it becomes more sinister when you realize that actually the carrots are laced with poison. And they're all slowly dying. Um, yeah. And that sort of that's the atmosphere that I sort of <laughs> felt was 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 prevalent <laughs> in, in WWE for the last sort of few years. Um, so you're absolutely right. Um, for me. You know, as much as I hate WWE these days, it's a bit like when you support a football team. When you're you know, like, look, like you know, obviously ethically, my support of Manchester City is fucking inexcusable, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. right? But but the fact of the matter is, there's an emotional pull there, and there will be as long as my dad's still breathing air, basically. Yeah. Um. You know. Um. And as long as my childhood is important to me, and WWE is something I see in the same way. You know, it's like you know, even if you're a sort of um, uh, you, you love the indies. Traditionally, you would still watch WWE just to have something to compare it to. Well, yeah,
0: um, and, but and they're such different
2: it, things now. Yeah. That,
0: and you'd rather it you know, was good because, yeah. like, at the end of the day, for, for a lot of people, WWE is what wrestling is. So, like, if WWE yeah. is cack, they will just think that all wrestling is bad and then they're less likely Absolutely. to check out AEW or the indies or, uh, or anything like that. But, yeah, just going back to WrestleMania, just briefly, like, yeah, the, the second night wasn't as strong. I mean, I, I enjoyed the, the main event. I thought... Putting Roman Reigns over by having him pin both the other blokes in the triple threat was really unexpected and kind of really cemented him as the man. Even if I haven't been fond mm. of some of the, I think it's probably gone on a bit long now his title reign. But like, you know, I, I, I quite like the match actually. Oh yeah, no, the match is good, but like they've made him the okay. ace. Like they they've finally fucking done it. Like good job. It's only taken you five more years than it should. Um, oh. and but like people were coming out of WrestleMania, even people I know who are not delivery watchers. They more like Japanese stuff, and they were. They go, wow, what a really fun weekend of wrestling! Yeah, like and the speed at which WWE pissed away all that goodwill, really culminating in SummerSlam and and particularly the eighteen second um, Becky Lynch uh, Bianca Belair match is is quite staggering and you are absolutely right Daniel because like just to draw a bit of analogy of an analogy and I may get a bit of flack for, for for this take it's not to do with wrestling don't worry but like my three least favorite films I have seen in the last decade are Drive, Mother and Snowpiercer all right so these i can
2: see i can see the link between all those i quite like mother but the other two yeah Yeah. okay okay so these
0: are three least favorite films of the last decade and it's not because they're the worst films i've seen in the last 10 years like clearly they are better made than say mega python versus gatoroid which i also watched but the thing is the reason these are my least favorite films is because these were films which a lot of people have put across to me as like oh yeah this film's really good it had been critically Uh, acclaimed and then i watched it and found a uh, drive I found unbearably slow and, and dull. Uh, Snowpiercer, I was like, okay, it's Brazil on the train, great. And like, I, I despised <laughs> Tilda's performance as well. Mother <laughs> was. On the train? Yeah, it is. M- mother was so bad that I considered walking out of the cinema halfway through, and my hand was only stayed by the fact I was with Sarah. And so I thought, okay, well, she might want to stay and see the rest of it. Turned out she was thinking exactly the same. So if we'd but, have just. But mother's the Darren Aronofsky one, right? Yeah, it's crap. I
2: hate it's, it. It's 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 the one where they eat the baby at the end. Spoilers. The one where they eat the baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I what? quite like that. Utter <laughs> drivel. And, just... and and I and I'm not an Aronofsky fan, but I just I uh, found that so outrageously sort of you know willfully bizarre that I quite quite got into it at the end. But, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I I can deal with bizarre, but anyway, anyway, this, we're we're maybe straying a bit far from yes. the point. Anyway, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that stuff like this, which you think should be good and isn't is worse than the stuff that you didn't have any expectations for. Now, I'm not saying that WWE, I'm not saying you would expect WWE to be good because come on, uh, you know, we know what the game is by now. WWE historically has been bad for far longer than it has been good. Uh, But you would have at least a base expectation that a company with the, you know the resources that De Louis has and the track record of producing televised wrestling you know the, the you know the the, the budget and uh, and all the rest of it the facility they have to make wrestling a spectacle which is a part of the yeah. performance you would think that at least they they have all the all the tools to make a good show and they they just don't in in many cases they mm. actively choose not to and you know the uh new nxt just to move on to the other thing i think we might want to talk about for a little bit is kind of an example of this because like okay nxt at the start of the year was clearly a shadow of what it used to be in you know the peak was really when dusty Rhodes was running it and after trips turned it into the you know indie spot fest wank factory then you know the yeah the quality of it uh you know fairly decreased and such I, a I, shame it is such a shame because it genuinely did used to be really good. And yeah. and I wrote about this uh, on uh, I Maintain the t- Doublefoot com cheeky plug, um, that, you know, because they've retooled it to be NXT 2- 2.0. And some of the guys that you have before are around, um, but they're bringing in people who are you know green rookies who they see something in. And so it's kind of neither fish nor flesh at the moment. It's kind of a weird hybrid. And um, now this actually was the the point at which Sarah and I started watching. because We always used to watch NXT. Um, after my Twitch stream on a Thursday, and now we started watching Dynamite instead. Um, yeah. And NXT 2, 2.0 it was the catalyst for this because NXT was kind of a habit for us, and then we were like, okay, well, look, the thing is, you know, back when fucking Bo Dallas was the champion, and you had yeah. like Bo Dallas and the Ascension, and a, a green as goose shit Biggie Langston, and you know, Tyler Breeze and all all them people who were not indie names, but they were like five count Biggie Langston. Yeah, by exactly, five count Biggie Langston, the OG, like you know. The, the show was good, but it wasn't good because it wasn't indie guys. The show was good because a lot of thought had been put into the storylines and also the novelty factor. But like it was a wrestling program which was digestible and booked with clear care and attention to what they were trying to yeah. do. So like, yeah, what are you going to do? You watch NXT 2.0 oh we, we've got rid of all the indie guys you maybe liked but don't worry we also can't still tell Karen stories <laughs> like yeah that, that's the that's the thing about I, it next time I see it it's just like Mandy Rose is the uh, women's champion cool whatever don't give a shit
1: I am um, so I am um, Nc's usually on after the Champions League goal show <laughs> so on BT Sport so every so often I'll be watching the Champions League goal show and it will finish, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then NHT will come on, but all right, let's watch NXT. Now, I couldn't like the idea of NEC 2.0. No, it's basically a silly kids' show. It's it's a bit more Memphis. It's like a TV show Yeah, in a like, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of it, and I watch it. And I remember the thing that, that kind of immediately destroyed it for me, I think the first angle I seen was um, – Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae spying on Dexter Loomis and his girlfriend. I I don't oh, know I mean. just, just that as a sentence is the most. Yeah, watching them on the beach. Watching them on the beach as Dexter Loomis like rubs suntan on her back, and I'm like, are these doggers? Is this a sex spot? <laughs> these, these are sex people. These are sex people, and I'm like, why are NHT doing a dogging story? Of course. If you were if you were to a salt with Johnny Gargano, you'd fuck for about an hour and just do like with about eight false finishes. But um, yeah, I I don't know, it's it's weird. I quite like that they've got Rick Steiner's son there. I don't like the fact that they don't
0: call him Steiner, which seems yeah, just I mean for fuck's sake, because like you you look at the guy, he is so obviously a Steiner he from, looks, from his very gear
2: much to like his look, son, yeah, to his
0: voice, like yeah, and his name was going to be Rex Steiner, and then they change it to. Bron Breaker, is that the cunt's name? Yeah, like, Bron Breaker. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's in in the bin with any and all WWE programming this year. Like you know, the cord has been cut. That's it. Fuck it. Um, AW on the other hand, and Daniel, you were saying like since April, been wrestling. You've been. This is the only wrestling you've been watching now. AW for Be my much. money um, has been because like the thing is, and this is maybe a somewhat heretical opinion for the host of Japanese wrestling podcasts to uh, set forth, but. I am of the opinion that the American style of televised wrestling, when it is done well, is as good as any other way of presenting wrestling that there is. It's just just the problem is that the people who tend to present this stuff are WWE and they do a a bad job of it. And and this is the other thing as regards WWE, uh, because the received wisdom for years and years and years has been that WWE is at its best when Vince has competition. And you can see this in the two main boom periods, critically and commercially, uh, coincided with that. In the 80s, Hulkamania era, you had uh, Jim Crockett, NWA, and you had the AWA as well, although that was kind of on its last legs by the end of the decade. Uh, In the 90s, you had WCW and ECW during the Monday Night Wars and the Attitude era. And so the received wisdom has always been, okay, well, Vince has got complacent in the last 20 years with no real competition on a national or indeed international level. Um, and once this competition comes along, then he'll be forced to book his ideas up, you know, start giving more thought to the storylines, maybe change up the way the shows are presented, because for fuck's sake, the shows nowadays look very similar to what they did in 2011. And when you mm-hmm. compare a 2011 show to 2001 or a 2001 show to 1991, a stark difference. But, you yeah, know, mm-hmm. they've just got way too set in their ways in terms of the way the shows are booked, presented and filmed. When they get competition, all that will change. Well, the competition's here. And if anything, the shows have got worse. And that should be the worrying thing. If you're at all invested in how WWE Louis is doing the fact that they just do not seem able to react to the fact that there is a company which has basically gone from strength to strength within within the last 12 months. They've in terms of the names they've able to get over because before they were getting the Louis cast off so your Jake Hager's and your Sean Spears And now they're signing people who do Louis would have liked to have retained the services of, uh, Brian Danielson being one, uh, Adam Cole being another, that was a huge thing for, uh, uh, as far, as far as I see it. I mean, they got CM Punk out of retirement for fuck's sake. Like that. Yeah. was Yeah. Like that was like Bruno, uh, coming back to the Feds. Um, I mean, for for me, th- th- this all
2: comes down to um, you know it's it's it, it's an easy thing to point to because it's almost become a meme in and of itself here, ever since it was first sort of seen. But I think you know you can really boil all this down to the famous interview with Vince in Beyond the Map, right? Yeah. We make movies. Sharp intake of water, like right? you yeah. know, like um he he genuinely um you know views himself as above the fray of um anything as gauche and sort of you know belittling yeah. as professional wrestling. Um, now the problem you know, is
1: is the movie is making his mother by Darren Anorovsky <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
2: well yeah probably uh, but like um, you know but it, it is it, so I think with AEW and like, like, like George said I have watched nothing but AEW pretty much um, since the middle of the year um, now the, the main reason for this to pick up on something that you've just said George is that I absolutely agree with you um, I know uh, Japanese and Mexican TV is done in a very different way Um, like traditionally um, uh, it's used for different purposes a a lot of the times as well. Um, But I absolutely agree with you.
1: But Japanese and Mexican TV ultimately is just a document of a show. Yeah. It's not necessarily a TV show it's a document of the matches that happened at that show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mean, in the same way that a football game, like you watch football on the TV is a document of that football game. It's not really coordinated to be as entertaining as possible. Obviously there's fluffing that all about, but like the actual Meat and potatoes of it is a sport that, like, is being broadcast for people because they want to watch that sport as opposed yeah. to telling a story. Which they do still tell a story from it, but it's not the ideal function of TV in yeah. say Japan or Mexico. Certainly not from a Completely Western viewpoint.
2: Completely correct. And like, you know, as someone that you know, I always talk about this, but like, you know, the old school U.S. territories for me are things I love. You know, be, be, uh, you know, uh, beyond compare. Um, and it's precisely because I've realized the older I get that, you know, I've I've gone through a phase where I was purely interested in work, um, you know, and that was the thing that I was, that I was evaluating. But now, again, it's the overall ambience for me. Um, mm. And I like narrative television uh, wrestling that tells a good story, that gives me characters that I can um, love or hate or believe in. Um, and you know what? AEW is not doing anything, you know, it's not pulling up any trees. This is not no difficult stuff. And it's not even a lot of the time, especially brilliant, it's just that it is giving you exactly what you want as a wrestling fan, which is, yeah, they get missteps here and other stuff I don't like. But, you know, they are. I look at them and I think they are trying to craft a narratively coherent professional wrestling program that gets me from one show to the next that sees evolutions of characters and gets me excited for pay-per-views. That's yeah, all you, that's it, what it
0: is. It shouldn't be rocket science. And, like, the thing that, the thing that gets me, really, about it is that... Um, and it's something you can say with them with regard to De Lui, uh in comparison to Lului because um, you, you ha- it's, it's really funny when you see the stand wars between Dullului fans and AEW super fans. And the Dullului fans are always trying to own AEW in some way. And it's really funny when they do that because, yeah, every criticism you can make of AEW is something Dullului also does wrong, and in many cases, uh, even worse. But the one thing that really gets me is how um, people are booked in the hometowns. 'Cause in W mm, mm. and this has become a byword. Yeah, it's forth- the sadomasochistic relationship. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like we've got a job, you know, and how WCW used to job out Ric Flair in, in North Carolina, you know, it's yeah. um, it, you know, we've got to get a Heat Brother. Whereas AEW, um, they did some shows in Cincinnati and they featured uh, yeah. John Moxley, who's from Cincinnati, and Brian Pillman Jr., yeah. who's also from Cincinnati. They dropped in some local references there. They featured the wrestlers who are from that place. And the crowd really liked it and, and had yeah. a good time. And, yeah, it's like you're saying, like, they don't try and reinvent the wheel. But, you know, when they had that ladder match and Hangman Page came back off his paternity leave and won it and got the number one contendership yeah. and then won the belt, which literally everyone called. Everyone yeah. was like, the mystery participants going to be Hanger And it was and it was really good because, like, but sometimes you just, that's like, good. Sometimes yeah, it's if OK it to things, do the yeah. thing that's predictable because it's what people want. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you do the thing that people expect, and literally everyone and their and their dog was like, "Hangman Page needs to win the belt off Kenny Omega," and then they did it, and it was great. Yeah. Like, uh, you and, know, and you know what really summed it up for me was I forget I, I'm really bad for remembering the name
2: of AEW shows. Um, the the one in which Punk uh, uh debuted and uh Daniel. Oh, Rampage.
0: Rampage. Yeah. Um. No, the, the one they debuted on. Oh no! Well, Punk didn't debut on. Uh, it was all out. Oh, was he, he was so, on yeah. Rampage, Punk, wasn't he? Punk was on Rampage, yeah, but like And then Danielson yeah, Danielson and Adam Cole and other uh, people, yeah. And Punk had his first match against that's Allen. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, there's there's people at the time saying, this is the greatest pay-per-view of all time, that kind of stuff. We'll look back on this in five and ten years. It won't be the greatest pay-per-view of all no, time. But what it did was um it made me genuinely joyful and happy um to be a wrestling fan. Um and you know, it 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 created a sense of a much needed sense of quite communal joy, I think, amongst the fans of a subculture. And it was quite a unifying thing because, you know, I think you would genuinely have had to have had a heart of stone to to to, to have disliked the show simply because, like we've just said, it did things that made people happy. Uh, Do you know what I mean? And it's like, that's all you want. I want wrestling to be a distraction from the everyday. I want it to be a distraction from the fact I've got to to work tomorrow, you know?
0: Yeah, and that can coincide with like getting heel heat. It's just like, you can't just have loads of, loads of grimness. Yeah, that's the thing It's talking about the, it's just nice that there is a promotion in, you know, the, the English speaking world in which there is a a lot of positivity around not toxic positivity i think you you know like we say you you need to practice critical support for a product that you yeah. that you enjoy and there's things a doesn't do well you know the women's division for instance i wasn't really a fan of of kenny Omega's title reign for the most part but we um, get it
2: george you only watch wwe <laughs>
0: oh for fuck's sake yeah we'll talk about talk about that later i the guy who replied that uh uh, to us like got got god speed you brilliant idiot um but uh yeah and but yeah it, it's 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 nice to be on the timeline during an AW pay-per-view maybe you stay yeah. up for it and then being on Saturday you can do that in the UK and people are watching the show and having a good time and that's even the day after Dulou pay-per-views no fucker is talking about it. I used to have to go out of my way if there was a Dulou show that I wanted to watch on a Monday evening I would just stay off Twitter during the day because I knew I'd get spoilers for the results, you know, big moments happened in the match. Now you can, I can spend the entirety of Monday scrolling Twitter. And indeed I do sometimes, but um, you, you just don't fucking find anything. And speaking of promotions that you can't <laughs> fucking find anything about on Twitter anymore. Let's talk about new Japan. <laughs> Christ. Who? Sorry. New Japan. You've you, you maybe heard of it. Do you want, oh, do you want yes. the most, the, the most saddening thing?
1: about new i japan know what you're gonna say but yeah <laughs> saddening like i mean a proper the game's gone they're all headphones moment <laughs> real sad i've not even finished a toriano g1 matches i enjoyed them an intervention like, I, I i i i will watch them but like it's, 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 i've got like five matches left and i'm like oh well you know new japan isn't going anywhere so you know like, you know, I can just watch those matches whenever. Like, who gives mm-hmm. a fuck? Who actually gives a fuck about New Japan? The, the Super J cast, like, have have really rankled over the last couple of months because they were always kind of on the critical support side. And then everyone abandoned New Japan and they're like, Well, this is our job now. We do this and have a Patreon. We need to talk about <laughs> New Japan. And everyone else is like, Isn't New Japan really shit? Let's just not watch it, and then and then they're like, no, 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 you you need to keep watching because because we're watching it for a podcast, and then everyone abandoned it, and then they get really really frothy at people because that was funny. Yeah, was funny. Like, <laughs>
0: like no, no, yeah, no shade on those guys. Like they they they're good they, guys. They, yeah. Yeah, but... they seem like they seem like nice folks, but yeah, I can imagine if you know people have sort of turned on the thing you make your podcast about like you probably are going to get a bit snippy about it but like that's not the fault of the people who ain't watching new japan that's the fault of the fucking company
1: however george yeah. i think this is a good time to install my new japan quiz for daniel right i have five oh questions my god, god. Yes, god.
2: this is what it is then oh have, this is gonna be hilarious so, like i've already said i haven't watched you. a single minute of new japan this year other than the dome show and i can't remember what happened
0: there <laughs> I'm glad well, you're doing I, this because our quiz sections always go so well.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is, like, for any other Japanese wrestling podcast, this is the most base level entry stuff. Like, this is, if you don't know this stuff, it's embarrassing. I am going to put a bet on you getting Yeah, but we've possible... reviewed, like,
2: more Victor Zangief matches than we have and Naito matches. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And we would like to do it. So, Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, I've got five questions for you. For question but, number one. OK, I, I may get some jazzy game show music yeah. on in the background you know, sort of like a crackle and fire just to give everyone PTSD. But um, question number one, do 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 um, Daniel, how many days is Wrestle Kingdom this year? Oh, so was in
0: 2022. Right. Yes, okay,
1: 2022.
2: So I am someone who famously, even from when I first was like discovering PWG back in like the 2010s and stuff. Um, has been famously um, uh, vocal in my opposition to uh, shows that go over one day or one evening. Um, so I know the last couple of years it's been two days, hasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, because obviously I, I, I uh, well I, I I came to see one of them with uh, with, with with you, George. Um, yeah, that was really good.
0: 2020 was all downhill from there, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. And then I, so I've been like that ever since. So I'm pretty sure by a process of deduction, that I saw someone on Twitter, because like I say, I still follow you know, people that are yeah. watching New Japan. I'm sure I saw someone taking the piss and being like, I can't believe it's another day this year. So Is it three days? Yes, <laughs> it is.
1: It's indeed a three-day event.
0: You want to know the funniest Thank part? Thank you whoever like... that
1: was that I follow on Twitter. No, don't, no don't, don't, don't mention anything else because it's probably one of the questions I'm oh, going to okay, ask.
0: Okay, okay, okay. My um... lips will remain sealed.
1: Uh, question. Question number two. Traditionally, right. at, at the Tokyo Dome, the IWGP Champion defends his title. Who is the current IWGP Champion, Daniel? Uh, um, <laughs> right.
2: Right. Get get. Okay. So the last time I checked, in, it was Evil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that a like like ninety four? You know, what, ten year or something like that? That was so long ago. Uh, so are uh, um, you go, are you going with Evil? No, 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 no. Well, no. obviously, I, he's
0: not going I, with Evil I, I because we've just laughed at all. Of course, he knows I, that's incorrect now. <laughs> I sincerely hope that Evil is
2: not still the IWGP champion. He is yeah. not, can confirm. With, with a record-breaking reign. Um, no. <laughs> um, wouldn't be record-breaking anyway, would it? But that's uh, the point. Right, so I'm going to say it's New Japan. They generally always run out of dears, uh, ideas at the top of the card. They generally have their top guys stay on top for a little bit too long is it it Okada?
1: (laughs) No,
0: it's not Is it Naito? No, there are actually this, this 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 it's a bit of a trick question, but like a trick question in a way that <laughs> makes it easier because there are actually three cunts running around claiming to be IWGP champion.
1: But you can't right, tell right, them the other on. you can't tell them the other two. No, no, his, I can't. So like, only like, one of
0: them is the, the legitimate champion. Is this
2: like when uh, uh, Books Fizz um, uh, had that contract rescue <laughs> and then came back is with it... Books Fizz and the real Books Fizz?
1: His chaz and is his it... band. It's like yeah. Yeah, there's two Baccaras until one of them died. But yeah, yes. like yeah, it's just dual Baccaras, yeah. Um, no, so the IWGP champion is, and you cream yourself about four years ago, if I told you this, it's Shingo Takagi. Oh, fuck, no, that, yes. No, I did, I did, I, I think I actually did
2: know that. Yeah, 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 I've seen people on Twitter talking hey, about well, it. How long has
1: he been champion for, like, like, months? Like, no one gives us slightly I mean, to be fair, charity. he... Shingo is the only, probably one of the few members of
2: the current roster that I would still, you know, even though I haven't watched New Japan all of last year, if someone said, sit down and watch, you know, every Shingo Takagi match that you've missed since, I would be like, yeah, I can fucking do that. Like, the guy's yeah. really good. Is he still good? They have, have they yeah. fucked him? Who
1: knows? Yeah, yeah. Who's,
2: who's watched New Japan last oh, yeah. 18 months? Yeah, yeah I see he, Because he, he he's an, like... a, 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 an all-time great worker, in my opinion.
0: Really? Yeah, I like his stuff in the junior division in uh, in New Japan like I, I I feel like he brought his own thing to bear on the you know, now quite rote and formulate New Japan main event formula but yes anyway question the third David.
1: question number 3 uh, traditionally at the Tokyo Dome show um the IWGB champion faces the G1 climax winner right daniel <laughs> who won the G1 climax
3: this year now <laughs> <out. laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you
2: remember? Do you remember back in the day, in about 2012, 2013, when you know, like, um, uh, Don't pill uh, it, I, I, don't I, when, it when the
1: whole like, shit. We paid two hundred and fifty quid on Nico. Nico, you're just trying to divert from the fact you don't know who fucking won the G one that year. <laughs> oh, well, well, well. First of all, first
2: of all, you've you've ruined the joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, and 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 secondly, you're absolutely correct. Um, you know, like um. Who, who do you think I am? Alan Forrell on the pages of Fighting Spirit, arguing that we all should spend £300 on getting every match from the G1. Like, um, shout out to Alan Forrell, he's actually lovely and uh, I've got no yeah, of whatsoever. Um, <sighs> Who the fuck won the G1? this year? Right, so I'm, I'm purely going to use the same logic that I used for my who is the IWGP champion thing, and I'm going to say because they've run out of ideas and they rarely change the guys on the top, was it? Oh Okada. <laughs>
1: I need to check give me a second. <laughs> I think it
0: was it was a card. I'm fairly sure it was a card
1: sure Yeah, it I, was I, a carder, I pretty, yeah. yeah, it was. Right, yeah, yeah. Now, So could it could you, guys, you go go to to of free well done, you know. Um you're doing well. Um question number 4. Du, 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 du. On the second night of Wrestle Kingdom, um one of the one of the people purporting to be the IWGP champion is going to face off in a playoff against the winner of the Night 1 match, who is the person that will face the IWGB champion in Night 2? Uh,
2: so they're facing them... Right, so yeah, so, so you've got the two guys... Um, no, Sakagi and Akada
1: will fight yeah. Night 1, okay. and the winner yeah. of that will be IWGB champion and face person X <sighs> in Night 2. Who is? Who are they facing? Okay, so... You know how we're talking about how wrestling's so easy it's not hard to pick? Partly Gato disagrees with us on this <laughs> one. Right, so obviously
2: this, this is either going to be someone incredibly predictable or the entire purpose of you asking this question is that it's someone patently ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 I, I know what, what you're what, you um, what, what, what do you call that, like, Wushu Kung Fu dude? <laughs>
1: Master Watto. Is it Master Watto? Is Master Wattle still in New Japan? Yeah, what? he is. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah,
1: he's just doing nothing. Um, no, it's it's not. Um, it is the it's Commonwealth Kingpin himself. <laughs> Sir William Osprey Billy Flips. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, I forgot about him.
0: Now, yeah. You're uh, batting 500 at the moment, Daniel. You do yeah. very well.
1: I well, I, yeah. I, did, I did enjoy the Schadenfreude moment of Will Ospreay complaining that he can't get booked by AEW and somebody replying. It's not nice when you can't get booked in places yeah. you like to work, <laughs> is it? Yeah, I, I, guess
0: I, I, I enjoyed the fact that, um, uh, that like um, I mean, before we just move on to question five, I I just want to laugh at Will Osprey. So basically, um, if you'd have told me uh, four or five years ago um, there will be a British IWGP heavyweight champion, and when he makes his first appearance in the UK since winning the belt, he will come out to absolute crickets. I would have laughed in your face, and it would have been louder yeah. than the pop.
1: Yeah. yeah, it 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 was abysmal yeah. and well deserved. Let's be yeah. Honest. If that's not a like, damning
0: indictment on Rest, I don't know what is.
1: Taking yeah. out right, I, I mean, I, I would say even on a taking out, speaking out allegations and stuff like that about you know blackballing and Pollyanna and stuff like that. Yeah, he's just a generally thoroughly unlikable person in every aspect of yeah. his life. Like, without all the, the stuff that he that justifi- justifiably should be cancelled for. I like, I, I, everyone loved Will Osprey for ages. You, you, you were dr- you did. were steaming. You missed him do a double moonsault at the York Hall because you were too drunk. You passed out. Yeah. We all love it. Like, I wait to see him in muddle. I've seen him get chucked off a stage by Vader.
2: <laughs> which, yeah, which,
1: oh, I just realised. I went to see um, uh, WCPW Motherwell Civic Centre, and was the most cursed main event of all time. Oh God! A, a triple threat: Will <laughs> oh, Osprey yeah. versus Matt Riddle versus Marty Skull. <laughs>
3: oh God!
1: <laughs> Good grief! Good grief! And, the oh, all, the all, and my favourite the... match. My favourite oh, match was Grado against. Can you guess who Grado was fighting on that? It was a great match. But can you guess who was fighting? Oh. Along, a, along a similar theme of cancelled people. Oh, the... uh, Travis Banks. No, very close. You're in the right ballpark. Jack, Jack No, um, El Ligero himself. Oh, completely God. ruined. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, anyway, we'll, I, I I wanted to talk a little bit about Bitvers later, so we shall yeah. uh, save the bile for uh, for then. Question five.
1: Question five. Archibald Um, so. Can you tell me Daniel what is the theme of Night Free of Wrestle Kingdom? The theme? Yes.
0: Yes, what's what's the show's hook? <laughs> then hook.
1: Fucking
2: <laughs> fancy dress, I don't know, fucking fancy um dress. <laughs> oh, last life. day of the season where you get everyone gets in, d- does fancy dress. Um the theme. So I don't know, like three something to do with three things. So like um well, triple triple no, it can't be triple crown. That's out, all Japan. Um, is it something to do with like uh, with with something that comes in threes? So like um, three amigos. The film My with tentacles. Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I couldn't tell you.
1: It is New Japan versus Noah. Oh right, no. So I know about
2: this show, but I didn't know it was going to be the third night of, of this. Kingdom. Yeah.
1: I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I don't care. Like, I just, no, that's the thing. And I've actually liked a lot there, of I will of watch season. it. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it. But that's the night I'll probably watch. Yeah, It's out of your uh, interest. But like, yeah, New Japan versus Noah. Like, and to be fair, Noah were absolutely a ball hair away from their box about three years ago. Like, they were <laughs> they in really severe were. issues. So, fair play to them for somehow. Wangling a Wrestle Kingdom invitation. Yeah, to, absolutely. That been good. Yeah. I
0: I, uh, I really enjoyed that big. Um, was it the Budokan they did in uh, in March? Yeah. The yeah. sort of yeah. joint oh, no. show. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that with DDT? No, no, no winning the, the,
1: the, the title. Uh,
0: yeah, the show they did yeah. with DDT and Tokyo Joshi. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That, that, that was, was great. A great show. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, did we review yeah. that?
0: No, no we, we didn't. Did, but I think we've. I think we've talked about it maybe. Yeah. So yeah. um two yeah, out I mean, of five. That, 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 that will get me hooked to watch it, definitely. But um
2: yeah, other than that, um I doubt I will. Um yeah.
1: forty percent. It get you it get you your credits for your unicorns but you wouldn't be bragging about it in the uni. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> um but yeah, um I'm quite stunned you get forty percent, I'm not gonna lie. And I thought you I mean get to be fair, I got
2: forty percent by using the company's own bullshit booking logic against them yeah so it's not like
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the thing about new japan is um i mean they yeah 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 obviously yeah i've i've got i've got my notes in front of me and i've made a few like sort of points uh for the each re- part of the year review section the only thing i've got written next to new japan just says whack <laughs> Wait, but have the, you can you yeah. can
1: you name an, a single notable new japan match from this year
0: like not not one um, of literally the only New Japan match I have watched this year is the New Japan Rambo and that was just so we could do that bit in the January the Fourth show where we just reviewed the Rambo and then started talking about Tokyo Joshi's oh, card oh, instead.
2: I can I can actually give you one notable New Japan match this year. Was it Toriyano um, going
1: thirty minutes of Chase Owens in a bull rope? No, match? god, not <laughs> well,
2: that. Yeah, um, Tatsyori Shibata
1: ah well, well there you go that that's it uh, yeah his exhibition shibata. match which was yeah. a
0: thing you want you want to know you want to know like basically my equivalent of the, david talking about like it being really sad that he didn't watch the toriana matches i've not even watched the shibata return <laughs> oh,
2: no i've him? not watched it <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> i've seen i've seen it's it, notable I've, yeah. I've seen oh I, yeah because i've seen his entrance and, and it's like, g1 could like, a chodo. you're like all
1: right I, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. But here.
0: exactly like g1 um finals night shibata comes back does a five-minute grappling exhibition with Zack saber jr and now before you he retired in 2017 that man was my not, not saber shibata that man was my favorite fucking wrestler in the world i'm i met i met him at a rev pro show and i was literally like shaking with how overcome i was when i, I, I when i got back to, to my seat it's like, fair to
2: say that he is and was, and well, hopefully will be again. I don't know, whatever, but he was fucking fantastic. Like, he was an yeah. incredible wrestler. But,
0: yeah, and the fact fun. that New Japan as a company is just so ice cold that I have not even felt the need yeah. to go on the internet, go on New Japan World, log in using my friend Harvey's account, and, um, yeah. got, Sorry, Harvey. and like go, account. take take the five to ten minutes out of my day that it would take to watch the man who in 2017 was my favorite wrestler in the world have his first in-ring stuff in four years like that should tell you a lot and with that let's just fucking move on to the next bit shall we because i wanted to talk about joshi a little bit that's been like quite a lot of the wrestling i've watched this year it's basically been aw and joshi and um we've had um uh you know you know there's been a lot there's been a lot of really good stuff at the start of the year we Finally had the um, culmination of the endlessly delayed stardom versus Marvelous feud that had just some really great uh, inter promotion stuff. There was an amazing seven on seven gauntlet match between uh, Sendai and Marvelous, which I, I, I wrote about for the uh, site. Now I'd encourage you to check out, culminating in the Guy Rism show, which was just a really great celebration of that you know, the sort of two branches of wrestling training that have come out of um, you know, Chickas and Nagayo's influence and all that sort of stuff. It was a really nice moment. Uh I the stardom I've watched uh this year I've enjoyed. I know a lot of people are sort of down on the booking and with good reason. But even leaving that aside, it's been quite interesting to see, you know, how the promotion is growing and the fact they've actually outdrawn New Japan, uh like, you know, their their mm-hmm. sister company, um, on a number of occasions in the same venue. So that's quite instru- instructive. Yeah. You know, Ice Ice Ribbon's been great when I've uh, when I've watched it, like um stuck the belt back on uh Sukasa Fujimoto and then she just had a load of really great matches. <laughs> Checked in with Choco Pro from time to time. now that's not your really your thing daniel but like what they've managed to do sort of growing an organically a fan community around that product mm-hmm. is really impressive and as you'll know if you listened to our january the 4th special the one david and i did with luke uh tokyo joshi this year has been absolutely phenomenal like i was gonna
2: ask about that because obviously yeah. like i said at the start of the year i was watching as much stuff as i possibly could and I think yeah. probably Tokyo Joshi was like probably my favorite of the Joshi promotions really.
0: Oh yeah, it's, like, it's it's been it's been brilliant like because this was the year they moved to doing more frequent Korokan shows like they maybe do like two or three a year and they've moved to doing like maybe eight or nine like say so yeah. almost almost monthly as well as uh, big shows at like even larger arenas and that and they they're doing they're doing Sumo Hall next March and I think wow. a lot of people were kind of sceptical as to whether the booking would be able to take the load of these extra big Corican shows, and actually, like they've all been, um, they've all been really good. There's been uh, stuff on the, the there show was on the.
2: That one in January but, was really good. That was a Corican, wasn't it?
0: The January the. Uh, January the 4th one, uh yeah the the um the one with um Arike Tatsumi winning the belt in the uh... Yeah that we all watched together yeah that was good. Yeah yeah that that was that was um Are they doing another work. January 4th show? I yeah,
1: I am I'm, I'm very
0: much up for just again patching the Tokyo Dome I, I, show I, doing I, the Yano I, I,
1: ramble I, I, and I, I, I don't think show. you can do
0: the same joke 2 years in a row but I do want to watch the show. Um but yeah it was um it was really good they the the, book, the booking's been extremely solid uh in terms of like having Mahi Ito lose her challenge for the belt again and it's still making sense putting the title back on me her, and it just being incredible because like her being the champion will always feel right the overall so good the overall in-ring quality has always really gone up because like maybe like you know when i start first started watching tokyo joshi you know yeah. as- aside from like maybe the top half a dozen wrestlers in the company yeah, most of the roster were not with the best one in the world like particularly good but you yeah, kind of it felt quite lightweight didn't it in a lot of it, ways it is, like both narratively of, and yeah. in terms of the work yeah, yeah you, and you kind of took that was like okay well the yeah, like, it was like, he's, he's fairly weak on the whole but like the character yeah. stuff's good now they've still got that but like the average quality of the wrestling has, has shot up and they've got some really good rookies coming through. Um, you know, maybe the first couple of uh, first one or two matches on a big Corokin show are pretty inessential, mm-hmm. but you know, by the time you get there, you'll you know, get to the end, you'll be having a great time. And you know, I've I've really enjoyed their stuff this year. And yeah, I hope the company goes from strength to strength because they're they're doing a lot of things right, and you, you know, you always want to see that rewarded. Uh speaking of not doing things right, uh, just the last bit I wanted to maybe touch on in the year of re- would be the smoldering embers of the Brit Rest scene. Now um I, I now I've not watched any Brit Rest this year. I've not been watching uh Rev Pro or the fucking zombie progress shows that have been doing like two hundred and fifty views on YouTube. And you know, like people yeah, exactly. And like people who are still watching n- new episodes of The Simpsons on like season thirty-three or whatever they're on, I'm convinced
1: there's nobody that actually does that. Like nobody actually watches new episodes of The Simpsons. same as nobody watches Progress. Have you ever seen? Have you seen their social media? We <laughs> look at their likes. We get like,
0: more likes than them. We we, we, we,
1: we just, genuinely do. My yeah. our, my Partick Fissel podcast on average gets more likes than Progress Wrestling. Like it's it's unreal how how bad they are and like good they deserve every every moment of it they yeah
0: it, it, it exactly they, they honestly and truly can and um yeah that that's the thing so I've, I've not been watching i've not watched any british wrestling uh this year and i used to go to a ton of shows now the thing is we let's not delve too much into uh speaking out just because i i don't want to have to put a fucking content warning on the christmas special <laughs> for two years in a row um <laughs> but what i will say is that and i, I know um our friend uh our friend uh Pat Reed, has talked about yet? Yeah, like things are slowly getting better, but the thing is, you really get the sense that, and as, as we said, as we said last year, people just want to go back to the way things were. They don't really want to have to. Certainly, the people booking shows, they don't want to have to think about the the ethical implications. Now, if, if permit permit me to sort of get on my soapbox for a few, a few minutes or so, um, l- let's consider Bram, all right? So we we we, don't, we, we don't
2: consider all. Bram.
0: <laughs> consider consider bram my favorite ian m banks novel um but um yeah so consider bram um so um and i, I want to talk about bram for, for two main reasons uh firstly um the discussions about should promotions be booking bram happened pre-speaking out so it's a good Um, It's a good indication of what the British wrestling scene will do when left to its own devices and with little external pressure being brought to bear on it. Secondly, I want to sort of negate the possibility of you're all those cunts who come out of the of the world when you know people who have suffered abuse share their stories and they go, oh well, it's just her word against his, ergo I just believe the guy. Okay, so where Bram's concerned, like he did do it like uh, yeah and you and you know this because the great state of florida does not really give a shit if any old fucker just goes on the internet and looks up all the particulars of someone's criminal history so you can read the police report like bram did do them things and so let me just ask you guys um three questions about bram okay so has bram ever been over
1: no 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 the the most Uh, the most he was ever over was when he when he was in the feud with magnus And even then, it was like
0: sixth from the top on TNA pay per views. Yeah. And no one cared. Exactly. Um, Second question um, Has Bram ever had a good match? No. No. I've
1: never seen one. I I religiously watched TNA at the time that Bram was in there, and I don't remember him him having a single good match. Um, Magnus had some quite good matches around then. They were all with James Storm. (laughs) Uh, Like, this
0: is all. No. Bram's never had a good match. Okay, third question, third and final question. Um, has Bram ever been a draw? No, N- no, no. Of course not. And you, and you know he's not a draw because occasionally you you would see him on you know the the shit ass indie promotions, American Wrestling Live, yeah, and yeah. He, his picture would be on them with the as seen on TV graphic next to him because he isn't a draw in and of itself. You have to say hey, say hey kids, yeah. come to the Cheltenham Corn Exchange and you can see Kenneth Cameron from The Ascension. Okay, so like <laughs> we've just set out the context to uh, who this guy is. I think we can agree, uh, based on you know all, all of this, that in and of himself he is no asset to any scene really. No. Okay, so um, not not in not in any respect. Um, but the thing is, he was one of the boys. And I remember um a few years ago there was this very clearly coordinated and concerted effort to rehabilitate this guy and get him back in the Brit Rest scene. You had half the ICW roster, obviously the best judges of character there, um saying, Oh like like he's such a nice guy. You had the fucking Flash Morgan Webster podcast, like you know, you had you had tons of people in the industry uh sticking up for a, an admitted domestic abuser, um and just trying to get this guy back in the scene. And as I've said who the fuck is Bram to any wrestling scene? Nothing, but yeah. you know, he is one of the boys. And, and this is why, you know, when, you know, like um, fucking you know, Mighty Skills fetch back up in Puerto Rico, Travis Banks. On is, the Bandido show. Travis Banks on the Bandido show. Yeah. And loads of people on Twitter were asking the question, um, you know, what's in it for Bandido? Why is he booking Travis Banks? Why is he booking Travis Banks under a mask when he like, yeah. he's where he's even less of a name? His pals that, with his pals with his pals. Exactly. That's the thing. The people who are asking these questions, they are nice people who are passionate about wrestling. They are thinking of it from that perspective. And they're under the misapprehension that you know the, the primary considerations of independent wrestling promoters are things such as um, running a successful business or mm-hmm. having a good show that uh, people like and gets good reviews. And actually, in a lot of cases, their main consideration is finding employment for themselves and their cunt mates. And as long as that remains the case, then you know, l- although there has been like stuff that has has been done, very little positive change is going to be made if it's still a fucking boys' club. So that's really the point I wanted to make. <laughs> yeah, I completely I, agree.
1: I I totally agree, and it's yeah, it's it, it is very disheartening. Like I try to think of the last Brit Race show I went to. What are we counting? um new japan as a brit show
0: um aussie open <laughs> i don't yeah. think you
1: count that. i don't think you
0: count that do you
1: we went to eve the day after didn't we uh
0: yes was that the yeah yeah we 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 did did you not go to wrestle queendom 3
1: no i didn't go no oh, no i I not know, it I know
0: january so it was uh, 20
1: 2019 then yeah, yeah 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 i at no point since then, I mean, I, I, I've I've said this before in the pod. I've said it to people when we go. We used to go to Bethnal Green. We go to we'd drink cans in the park, and then we go and watch. We the go at,
0: yeah, we go at York Hall Rev Pro. Like those were yeah. uh, those Rev Pro shows, the quarterly ones that they did at your call I never missed a single one of them for like yeah two to three years. And I yeah, was yeah, yeah. up
1: front and saying I don't really give a shit about the wrestling. I enjoy wrestling. I'll watch the matches. It'll be quite good. I'll forget all about it in about a week, and then it'll be great. What well, the reason I am there is because all my pals are there. I drink yeah. cans I'm green. We go to Dundee Arms, have a good yeah. time. It's a weekend away. You're on your holly bags. Everything's great. You get pashed. I,
2: I, 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 legit, I legitimately sure. had some of the best the best times of my life. Uh, exactly hanging out with people there. Uh, you know uh, exactly.
1: And it, it's one of those things where it's like, well. You know, I, I don't, I, the fact that wrestling has taken a bit, I haven't missed it a single bit like at all. I, I have no urge to go back to wrestling. Actually, I got a notification a couple of weeks ago saying, Insane Championship Wrestling are hosting a show you might be interested in. And I'm like, I bet they fucking aren't. I don't
2: think
0: <laughs>
1: they are, yeah. So, it, all of them have been irreparably tarnished, irrespective of whether they've done anything or not. The whole scene is just a ripple it dead for me and
0: i don't yeah, that's the thing like i i get kind of bummed out by even the prospect of going to a show like even even like even my local indie which like didn't have any sort of bad things come out about like the you know the organization of the show they haven't used anyone who was accused in speaking out since like you know pretty much they've handled it as well as you possibly could and i still just don't want to go to those yeah. things i understand what you were you were saying david because i remember when the pandemic hit like you go to so much fucking football yes. like a, as as a course and you basically went all right well i can't go to that now because the pandemic has happened it's not safe and you just completely fucking stopped and like that is to your credit because you're the biggest football fan i know and as soon as it became safe to get back to it then you started going again and and that's great but you haven't done that with wrestle have you <laughs>
1: no I, t- I don't i don't give a shit like i mean i can't even watch toriano matches within about four months of them broadcasting yeah. i'm not going to see fucking johnny kick against beastie mcbeasterson and <laughs> and fucking I, I, I all the, of,
0: of the uh, mcbeasterson clan of the mcbeasterson,
1: yeah, clan. Yes. Like, Famous I mean, McBeasterson I, wrestling clan but um red lightning um is a thistle fan so I follow Red Lightning because mainly because he's a Thistle fan and have the odd interaction with him, but I don't know him personally or anything like that. But he runs shows of Mary Hill, like uh, or wrestling shows, and it's like and it's the proper all the stars are here, yeah. Brett Clements, um, all everybody's here, Johnny Thunder Cage, everyone's here, and it's like yeah. okay, like I you you have people on here. I you know my 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 head would say well all these people that were bending speaking out you know they won't be on the card and then I'm like but it's also ICW that are running this card but just under a different name because ICW is the adult brand and this is a child's brand and I'm like alright yeah it doesn't doesn't matter don't yeah I I just won't bother because I, I just don't I'm not I can't be bothered doing the fucking admin of checking all the people on the card to see whether yeah. or not it's on, hideous stuff like, um, like even like Greedo, like Greedo, I think has just stopped wrestling. Greedo, I don't, I don't remember the last time I seen a Greedo match. And it's just, like, I think he's just like, I don't need to send world just to just to Scott Squad and Pantle. And and and, like,
0: and and fair play to him, I'll yeah. I'll I'll, I'll yeah. play f- Flight Simulator on Twitch. Exactly. <laughs> oh fuck, um,
1: I don't know how to land. The greatest comedian <laughs> fight I've ever heard.
0: But yeah, like um, I I looked at the Fear and Loathing card um, and Christ. I was like who the fuck even are like any of these, including the people in the title match. (laughs) Uh, So that should really. Yeah. I I wouldn't have a clue. No, not, not at all. And you know what? I don't even want to. It's not like one of those things where I was just like, Oh, there's like all these performers. I, I must find out more about these. It's like, no, I I don't fucking care. So anyway, that's the, that's the year in review on to uh, part four of the Christmas special. Something I like to call their Stato's Christmas crackers. So the, uh, the, the brief I've given to the lads is that, um this is this yeah this is very much an apprentice task we are here to design some pearl themed christmas crackers so i have said that um firstly we should decide what the pattern is for each of our crackers um what the crappy little toy is that you get and then one absolutely honking christmas cracker joke uh surrounding wrestling ideally it doesn't have to be i you going to be bold enough to lead us off or should i begin i, <laughs> I think you should probably begin I, uh,
1: i have a couple of ideas uh what i would do so if you want to go first just to make sure i'm not stepping on your toes i've got a couple of christmas cracker jokes as well so if you want to go first but i i have something but um i don't want to nick your joke because i feel that you may have done the same joke as
0: me so okay go ahead uh, in terms of the pattern, so I haven't really gone for like a theme across the elements of this Christmas cracker. It's kind of eclectic. Um so the pattern is just going to be the uh album cover of Saptime repeated over and over again. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Um and the toy that I'm going to include is um I'm going to imagine I imagined here what would happen if Atsushi Anita um made Christmas crackers. And the answer is I would put a little bit of barbed wire from one of the kawasaki dome shows that people could keep as a lovely souvenir now unfortunately the risk of this is that you will slash your hand open as you are pulling the crackers but i feel a small price to pay to own a little bit of history
1: the other the other risk as well is that, that i've seen how much that barbed wire goes for until the can right that company's going <laughs> out of business that company's getting the administrators <laughs> out lighting in fucking boxing day any of you got a christmas cracker joke
0: uh, i have indeed so which pro wrestler would you get to deliver your Christmas shopping?
1: I don't know, George. Which pro wrestler would you get to go deliver your Christmas shopping?
0: Kazuchika Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the level we're pitching it at. Uh,
1: that is absolutely the level we're pitching at. I, I wrote three Christmas kaka jokes.
0: Oh, my time. God. Yeah. You're, like a, you're like a regular Tim Vine i know
1: <laughs> i know i say i'm usually not very good at christmas cracker jokes you um, know i could actually I, I have another joke that i have for something else that i could probably crowbar in as well if you need one daniel but um yeah. do you want me like to go to then
0: for other people who do you think you are like everyone who works for anyone who's ever been on what the week yeah i mean
2: i i, I would say that i've got two thirds of the way there so far with what i need <laughs> okay um, well
0: that's better than you did in the quiz <laughs> it is yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Sixty-six percent. It's not bad. All right, I'll go then. So I, okay, I, I kind of had to. I kind of, I was a bit conflicted. I'd thought about, you know, how you get those. uh You know, you go to the supermarket and depending on how how well your family are doing that year, you'll either get the bargain Christmas crackers <laughs> or the good Christmas crackers, like fancy ones.
0: Um, my my mum gets the M and S ones each year. But do go on.
1: Yeah. Well, I you, <laughs> of course, your mum does. Um. Yeah. Hello Val i Um <laughs> uh, on the podcast. <laughs> know. Um so I thought, well you could do that and you could have a Titsu and Naito fumed cracker. Where like the big luxury one is a big grandiose design with eyes and all that. <laughs> tricky, all that. And the of the one could just be wrapped in a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Very much the jealousy of Titsu and Nito. Fantastic man. However, i thought no i need to i need to be on brand so yeah, i came right. up with um i told christmas cracker okay. Um anyone who's watched his g1 matches i know i haven't this year will will know that he has a ongoing thing remember john moxley he did this where he'd offer them a dvd as a gift and he would go open the dvd and then they would go, no, no, because it's it's a trick, Toriano. We, we, we've seen you. You've been in like twelve G ones now. You have more G ones than like fucking ten row. You, you we know your trick. It's going to be full of of talcum powder and it's going to blind me. Let's not do that. He said, no, no, no. Honestly, though, no, honestly, I, I've I've reformed. You know, I'm I'm after that now. I'm you know I'm at that game. All right. And then they open the DVD and wow, there we go. The talcum powder in the face. They're blinded, roll up, one the incredible scenes, and Toriano is on his way to the G1 final. There we go. So I think a Christmas cracker, it would have like his tights, so it would be his tights so it would be the design, with all the weird skulls and all it. and when you open it up, it just bursts talcum powder over and blinds everyone, <laughs> which I think would be a, the, the perfect Toriano cracker. A
0: the, funny festive prank.
1: Funny it's just, it's just prank. a traditional feel-good festive story. Well, well Exactly. Um, inside, of course, you'd have a DVD. It's a pretty big cracker. I'm not going to lie. wonder, like uh, you know how, like, um, if you ever, if you ever go to Monorail in um, in Glasgow and you go to like, the the second hand uh, record section, and Russell yeah. Elder has brought in some sort of war metal stuff from Nuclear War Now, and it's always like obscure three inch CDs that yeah. cannot be played on any like CD player because they're too small. I would be that, but it'd be a DVD of like Toriano's funniest moments and um i've got three christmas cracker jokes for you okay go cool. so, christmas cracker joke one knock knock who's there
0: arthur
1: arthur who <laughs> are any people who give a fuck about new japan left oh, very good.
0: <laughs> fantastic uh
1: what type of motorbike does minami toyota ride at christmas day uh, hey, melter <laughs> cut that <laughs> absolutely not cutting that um a holly Davidson.
0: <laughs> oh very good yeah, i like very that good. there you yeah. go
1: and um oh, that's too good that one is yeah well i'm bringing it right back down after this what christmas film what film do hiroki suzuki and kiyoshi tamura watch every every year at christmas it's
0: uh, oh, hang on hang, um, on hang on hang on
1: traditional festive classic
0: um lord of the rings <laughs>
1: No, Bushido
0: she go home alone? No. Um <laughs> See that this is a
1: problem. This podcast you're you're too stuck in the past. It is, of course, the great escape. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. Very good. <laughs> I was I was pretty to about the Saurong and then found that the has had one total match in Glate, and apparently is no longer with the company. And I think I've just imagined that he was like the guy who ran this.
0: But, Our time yeah, is so he's fucking no, isn't he? Yeah, he isn't
1: it. Yeah. (laughs) out of the question is booking Noah. He's booking half of the
0: Tokyo Dome. (laughs) 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 Wrestle Kingdom
1: (laughs) with with (laughs) his grubby little (laughs) mitts all (laughs) over Wrestle Kingdom. That's
0: the thing. Like Night Three's not even at the fucking dome. I said Yokohama, isn't it? Yokohama Arena. Like, why even call it Wrestle Kingdom at all? It's it's
1: wrestlemania backlash all over again. It is.
0: It is. is. Right, Big Vince, what you got for us?
2: All right. So um, we're going with um, a pattern for this cracker, which is a pink and made from um, honey glazed ham. Um, and that is to represent intense middle age steroid abuse. So <laughs> it is, in fact, a, a Mark Coleman Christmas cracker. Um, the toy inside is simply a roll of money uh, to represent the bribe that he took to take the fall uh, and therefore disgrace America. Um, <laughs> And I've got a joke for you. All right. So it's a it's a it's a knock Is knock m- joke. So um, I'm just trying to figure out the best way around. to do Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, so um, yeah. Knock knock. Who's,
1: Who's that?
2: that? Death.
1: Death. death. Who? death
2: who? The shameful death of the American Republic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, my toy. I
2: kind of. No, I think the toy. considering that i would you know been for me it's dinner, big, I'll be honest. Big. Completely forgot to do any of the stuff that I was told to do for my homework over dinner and come yeah. up with stuff for that joke. That was me operating with about five minutes to go. So, yes, it may have been shit, but everyone yes. just, you know,
1: you're it, on vibes. Just think about the time it's, constraints. Yeah. yeah, You're on vibes, and it was a good vibe. Um, I struggled with the toy because I was like, well, you, you could just have tape All for right. Tony Addo. But yeah. then again, I wanted to try and fashion. You know how in Christmas Crackers, this may be a purely Scottish thing, to be honest. I don't know. You know how you, in Christmas Crackers, you get that thing to take stones out of horses' feet? Yeah. Uh, yes. Which thing yeah. about that again? What's it look like? Yeah, I, I don't know I what it's called, it but like. You always get it, and you're like, like I, the bald people always get the comb, right? That always happens. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. you get the de stoner for like uh, horse hooves. And you're yeah. like, has anyone ever used this? Like, and, and really. And I was trying to think of a sort of equine gimmick in Puro, but I was totally drawing a blank, sadly, in terms um, of
0: who. Yeah, I can't really think of. Uh, I think there's a few, like, there's a few Joshi horsemen? Yeah, some of them have worked pan.
1: The JTEX Corporation with their new Christmas crankers.
0: There's a particular Joshi yeah. wrestler that like our friend Luke always says looks like a girl who's into horses, but like I, I'm I'm trying to remember who it is. Like it looks like a girl who rides horses. Maybe
1: maybe you could um say it takes the stones at a cat see Shibata shoes because he's a fucking stallion. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: look at his, look I mean, look at his trunks, he very much is. So oh, um
3: <laughs>
1: Wild Pegasus.
0: What? Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, Pegasus correct. Pegasus is a horse, no? Pegasus is a horse, yes. Yeah, however, yeah, he has
2: yeah. also crushed Benoit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, yeah, the, yeah. Might be the more salient point. <laughs> you see, what I've done there the horse is, that, is, is a is, say, what,
1: secondary what, issue.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what I've
2: done there is I've I've stumbled into a giant elephant trap, to paraphrase a great statesman. Um, and um, I've I've confused in my um, my post-food um uh, beer haze, I have confused uh, Chris Benoir um, and chris jericho and their names in, <laughs>
0: no uh, in, chris in jericho was a uh, super liger famously yes
2: yes exactly yeah 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 so I, i've uh I've, yeah I, i'd like to apologize to everyone listening um and i will one of the least
1: offensive things that we said in the podcast
2: <laughs> <true>.
0: yeah that <laughs> is true this isn't even cracking the top 10 at this point it's not the most it's offensive 10%. thing i've said in the last five minutes no no oh, um Okay, so uh, that was the that's the obligatory festive fun now for (laughs) a segment which has uh, become a staple of uh, the Christmas specials for reasons that are lost in the midst of time. And that is a little segment we like to call Terry Riley's personal collection.
2: Terry Riley's personal collection. Opening up Terry Wiley's musty old bag of, of, of videos.
0: Uh, and uh, this is Volume Four of uh, of Tell's. Uh... Uh, wears um, really we have our our, our comrade Alex uh, Baker to thank for all this because Alex you uh, see uh, <laughs> okay. thank We'll get we'll get to that. Uh, as, as with last year, uh, this is from a promotion which Alex has become a little bit obsessed with uh, during lockdown. Uh, in the way that we've uh, sort of uh, gained many new personality foibles to add to the ones we already have, this is a promotion based out of China called Middle Kingdom Wrestling. Now you may remember the selfie king Hong Wan versus Big Sam Blockbuster that we uh, reviewed last Christmas. Well, we have another another offering from you, and this was from the uh, Jushi the Garden Hotel in Harbin in Hei long jang uh and it took place on the 21st of july 2021 it's from episode 35 of mkw blast off which is their uh weekly youtube show and this match is um wong tao versus steve the esl teacher now there's, there's really two reasons i picked this match firstly we watched it in our wednesday night tony can't dogs wednesday stream um which is pretty much assorted wrestling music in bin water um This kind of uh, goes with the first and third categories. And uh, often Alex nominates something for Middle Kingdom Wrestling. We'll have a jolly good time watching it. Uh, So I have seen this match before and knew it is sort of, uh, I was basically struggling to think for uh, something to put in this segment. So I thought that would do nicely. Uh, Secondly, um, Daniel, you are a former ESL teacher yourself. So I wanted wanted you to run the rule, as it were, over over Skimmick. um, Yeah. I did a little bit of background uh, on uh, the wrestlers. Well, I couldn't find much on Wong Tao, but like he's really new. He's only like 20 years old and he's a like, local Chinese wrestler and is a sort of sort of uh, you know, young baby face type uh, type character. Uh, Steve, the ESL teacher, he does actually have a cage match. And I wondered, I mean, this guy's pretty old. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like he's he's like 53. Um, Like how long, <laughs> he, how long has he been wrestling for? And the answer is he's been wrestling about 20 years and uh, 20 years. Yeah, he actually does mention that in his uh, in his in his promo. Um, and um, so <laughs> how is he this bad still? I don't know, but like he, I, well, I don't think he's done much wrestling since like there's certainly nothing between two thousand and eight and like twenty twenty on his cage match, which I assume right. was. I assume he lives in China because, as we said yeah. last year, you always assume the foreign wrestlers on this show are either on holiday in China or they just live live there full full time with the best one in the world. No one is flying over Big Sam or Uncle Money. Um so I assume I assume this is the case as well. Uh but he that was his gimmick on the US Indies. He was Steve the teacher. Um, so he was kind of doing the oh. um Dean Douglas Matt Striker uh type gimmick. His uh finishes on Cage Match are listed thus. Um the final exam. Of course the uh, superintendent plex. <laughs> and and my Just personal favorite my personal favorite, the summer school stunner. Um I don't I don't know if he actually oh. if he actually well, does any Nathan. of these in this match. He has also wrestled not once but twice, six years apart, in a promotion called Combat Zone Wrestling. Wait, The Combat Zone Wrestling? Yes, The Combat Mason Zone Wrestling. 2008,
1: in CCW. And he's also it, wrestled He was wax. trained by John Dammer from CCW. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I did not do any research on this guy before I came on. I just I, literally
1: yeah, presumed he was know, like a, 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 I, a. It seems that he I, didn't do any research on how to wrestle either. No,
0: no. I, um, I, I, I like, I like the guy. I like the guys. Um, I like the guys' promos because they, they all begin and end in. Uh, they begin with class in session, and then they end with class dismissed. And before we get to the match, I want to ask the pair of you. Have you ever had any teachers who look like Steve the ESL teacher or look like they could believably be pro wrestlers?
2: Well, that's, a, I mean, there's two two separate elements to that question because, you know, the, the premise is not entirely one that I agree with because I don't think Steve necessarily does look like. Uh, well, no, he wears a, uh, he wears, he
0: wears, he wears a tie. Like, he you know, he <laughs> does. there's not many wrestlers who um, ties, certainly not during the match.
2: Well, well, no. I mean, um, yeah, he's from the IRS school of of, 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 of Sartorial. But, but, you know, the thing that I know what you mean about the promos. Um, he at least makes an effort to bookend them with some n- yes. notion of character. Um, but for me, I mean, talking about his look, when Steve when, when Steve came out, when Steve, the ESL uh, teacher, came out, I thought, fuck me, like, you know, uh, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald's like the go Um <laughs> Oh, God, he
0: does look like like Glenn Greenwald. He, he does, doesn't he?
1: Wall. I fought the wall. That oh. was my...
0: I Again. mean, he, he is dead, but like, yeah, I get your point. Like, he, yeah, that's. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, his gear really looks like the wall. I mean, Glenn Greenwald's also dead in a sense. Yeah, he's 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 dead to us. Um, yes, yeah, the, the Glenn dead.
1: Greenwald, the Glenn, that's the green Glenn Greenwald up there, brother. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I mean, he is in the country that gave us the Great Wall, so you know. That's true.
1: Yeah, um, but you know, he's he's
2: not really sort of like. I think you could lean into the gimmick a lot more strongly here. Um yeah you so, could
0: we'll get to that in the match like yeah. uh, he's he's mainly doing like sort of the, the the promo that starts the episode is mainly a sort of um standard heel promo um it's only about 20 seconds long but he he just happens to bookend it with his little um uh catchphrase um now uh just just going with the, the setup for this uh setup for this match so um we get a little video package before that i want to talk about i want to talk about Rupert
1: yeah, did, I, so, did
0: you guys get a load of Rupert?
1: Yeah, so I um, I much like Daniel watched this today and um, yes. I, I popped up the courage to finally watch it and I fast forwarded and I was like, eh. I, I, I looked at it before and fast forwarded to a bit, go right, I need to get to this point of the match so I went through, watching the TV fast forwarded it, didn't get it quite right it a couple of minutes before, but there was a promo from Steve the ASL teacher, so I'm like, alright fair enough, we will watch this, and then suddenly next week, Rupert, and I'm like what the advert? <laughs> he's a leprechaun. He is a leprechaun. That is he literally that he is. is a leprechaun.
0: Like, he is wearing a green is, suit and a green bowler hat.
1: He is the guy from the Mister Green adverts. He's literally <laughs> Mister Green, except possibly more likable, debatable. That I, one. I,
0: I don't. I don't know. He's doing a bit of a heelish uh, DreamWorks face in the in the match graphic. I mean, like he's doing an Irish stereotype gimmick that is so broad. Dave Finlay will look at him and go, "Ah, oh, that's a bit much there."
2: I mean, it's it, it, it's so a look broad. Look at the they, tan over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is very broad, but they still couldn't figure out just a quintessentially Irish name for
0: him. So they just called him Rupert. Which but Rupert is, is the most fucking English name there is.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's a fucking uh, bear. It's literally yeah. a bear and Rupert Murdoch are the only two Ruperts.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of my favourite joke when I, was, uh, when I was at school. Why does Rupert the Bear wear yellow trousers? Because he's a twat. Like um, yeah. so, um, the other thing about the the setup to this, so um, yeah, we get a a video package. So they sort of got across the story of this uh, of this feud, which basically seems like Steve, the ESL teacher, took Wang Tao under his wing, gave him his protege. Um, you saw him coming out uh, as his sort of manager slash second with a little headset. Um, which I didn't know teachers wore. Minus points for him having his shirt untucked. By the way, that's a uniform violation. You'll be getting getting a, yep. get, get a C one for that. Um, and um,
1: Where's your fucking tie,
0: twig? <laughs> where, <laughs> where's his poppy? That's what I fucking want to know. Where's and um, So basically, it seems like the team split up when... It didn't really give a good sense of who's the face and who's the heel. I assume Steve's the heel. The team split up when basically Steve kept giving Wong advice on the apron and then Wong got pushed into him and rolled up. And then Wong abandoned him. Steve says the phrase, you definitely didn't study my lesson plan. We've all been there Um, at this point. I've got in brackets. I really want to know more about the big fat Chinese guy you see giving Wong Tao the F5 at one point (laughs) in the video package. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Wong tries to double leg Steve, which goes about as well as you can imagine, considering the size disparity between the two men. And then Steve. Uh, gives him a low blow as Wong's about to smash a beer bottle over his head. This will play into the story of the match in a, oh, manner, most, <laughs> in a manner most wonderful. Um, oh, the, I, the stage looks really good. Uh, like It's it's yep. kind of, I don't think it's, I mean, it might be part of the hotel. I, I, I can't decide whether the uh, Juxi, the garden well, the hotel, well, in harbing in Heilongjiang is fancy, or if it's just the Chinese travel lodge, and I'm just wowed by all the eastern decorations. I,
2: mean, I think it might be part of the hotel because at various points I could actually hear like um, uh, what sound like Pipe in music from a restaurant or something
0: playing. <laughs> just, just people talking to the concierge getting the breakfast.
1: Yeah. This, yeah, this taps into one of my favourite hobbies. It's um following people from Turkmenistan on Instagram, which is obviously a very difficult thing to do. But the thing I love about it is that you just kind of fall, like they obviously post stories of them going about their life, and like every building in Turkmenistan is just obscene wealth, uh marble and gold all over the wazoo, and they have they're like hotel wedding and it'll be in this giant convention center made of marble and gold and it's so bizarre and i love this sort of thing just seeing what what the inside of a chinese hotel looks like i i do need to ask this though yeah I, I, it's going to sound really embarrassing if the answer is no i am assuming they were in a pandemic lockdown when this went on
0: um well i don't i don't really know what the there, there is
1: that. literally no one there like no I don't one. Know, there, there's,
0: there's never anyone at mkw shows that's the thing like there's there's about like there's about 40 people in there like pretty much whichever venue they run um so i don't think this is because of sort of pandemic restrictions i don't really know that there actually are that many in china at, at, at this point because i think like i mean they actually like got on the virus (laughs) like you know certain countries closer to home so like um i i I think people i think countries just cutting about just um doing what they want and that includes apparently not going to mkw shows this does appear to be their home venue because it seems like you know they they tend to run this place fairly frequently according to cage match so like i um I don't think they're trying to build up a because like if you ever watch like old MKW stuff, they're in fucking everywhere. They're in like Shanghai and like a big MMA arena in Beijing. They're in fucking Nepal for some reason. Like um, yeah, it's it's all that sort sort of stuff. So yeah, no, I don't think there was a pandemic restrictions. I think it was just the show didn't draw. Is it is it like Anonymous or ISIS and you can
2: just sort of claim affiliation?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, I mean potentially. The other thing I wanted to note is uh, the commentary. So um. It, it seems to be quite random who the commentator is. He's a Chinese bloke um, for this one, uh, which generally I'm fine with because commentary I can't understand. And I very much do not understand Chinese um, is generally preferable to most English language commentary that I do understand because most of it isn't very good. Um, sometimes there's an English guy commentating because MKW has a partnership going with a promotion called Mr. Cats Wrestling, which is uh, in Warrington and they, they have <laughs> some sort of link with them. I, I I know it's really weird, but um, Uh, One person I'm very glad wasn't doing the commentary on and has done commentary on MKW matches that I've watched in the past is the OG Kevin Gill. Oh, my God. (laughs) As much as you may not have enjoyed this match too much, can you imagine how bad it would have been with Kevin Gill at the mic? Oh, boy. The worst... (laughs) Indie wrestling commentator in the US in a crowded fucking field. Yeah, Old yeah, Silver yeah. Tongue himself. Oh my fucking god! So yeah, comment, commentary absolutely fine. Yeah, it's 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 Chinese. It's not Kevin Gill. Um, I've watched from-
1: audio on S4C before. I can take foreign commentary. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I mean, just just before we get into the match itself, I'd like to give some context for Steve's um uh, gimmick here. So obviously he's supposed to be uh, you know an ESL teacher. So I'm watching it as a former ESL teacher. Now, I, I did my ESL teaching in Spain, which mm. is um, fairly, maybe no more so than other sort of uh, parts of like southern Europe necessarily, but it's sort of notoriously not the best conditions to be uh, an English teacher in. It's not brilliantly paid you don't get paid over the holidays
0: generally at all. So yeah, I much. know that I that staggered me when you told me.
2: Yeah. So and, and you know, you're 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 working for not much money for like language academies. That's main that, that, that's main motivation is not educational or like, you know, pedagogical. It's um, to make money. Uh there you generally have a head teacher who's never taught before and is actually just a business person. Um yeah. a lot of them are sort of franchised and quite exploitative. Pay was often late, um, you know, all sorts of things like that. Um, uh, so I do know that in, um, in parts of, uh, sort of Southeast Asia, um, and, um, another, and sort of well, Asia in general, I think, um, and the Middle East, uh, the work can be, if you go to the right country, a lot better paid. Um, I know China has a reputation as either being very, very re- rewarding, um, uh, uh, sort of employment or really, really, um, sort of like, terrifyingly just like done on a shoestring uh, and, and everything in between um and uh, i know there's a huge push in china um uh, amongst the, uh, the, the the entire population basically to try and get their level of english up um uh, to a certain sort of a, a degree so i imagine steve's doing all right out of the esl stuff
0: yes um, i mean this is assuming this is actually his job but yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well, you I... know so i was also thinking that you know why would an esl teacher need to supplement their income by moonlighting as a wrestler that's a very good so point
0: so well well, I was thinking, well I, he's doing I this think, in the uh,
2: summer I, yes. I just finished this called the, uh, the 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 summer school um, yeah. you know summer school is basically um, a, a coded language in esl terms in my experience for basically sitting in on what is a crash with incredibly um <laughs> uh, annoyed um sort of like kids whose parents have just dumped them there so as you can actually eat over the summer and not die um, so maybe this is like Steve's way of getting out of the dreaded summer schools.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe he, maybe that's what turned him heel, like just the pent-up frustration from having it to do that. It certainly turned me heel when I was doing it.
1: <laughs> I've got a theory about it. Right. It reminded me of, um, you may have seen this um, before, but I seem to remember before the pandemic hit, they used to routinely get adverts for the Beijing Ducks rugby team. Right. <laughs> the idea behind the Beijing Dutch rugby team Is that Have you played rugby at any sort of level I.e. you know The codified rules of rugby yes. union uh, Can you play If you played any sort of like League team in England or Scotland at Amateur You can go to the Beijing Dutch rugby club You can become a player there And they get you a job As an ESL teacher usually <laughs> and then you 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 go and live there and they charge all your accommodation and stuff like that and they don't really pay you for playing for the rugby but they get you an ESL teaching job so that you can pay with that and then you 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 play with them and that that's how it works. I'm inc- I'm inclined to believe that that would be the case here of MKW going hey we need we need we want people to come over and teach ESL let's do a partnership and then get him over to teach our our crop of wrestlers how to wrestle. And as well as that, he can, he can be in the shows and stuff like that, and he has the ESL job. There's only one thing letting that down: he cannot wrestle.
0: No, this and, is this is the this is a good point.
1: Like, mm. Is this really the best that MKW could get? I, I I say this in all in all seriousness, right? It's you you would expect someone, anyone that anyone has heard of, to be there. Someone's always on. It's like Keys and Gray going to Qatar, where like yeah. you know, if you just paid him a bit of money. They'll come over and they'll wrestle there and they'll live there and you know they'll write blogs about how Qatar isn't such a hellhole and it's actually quite a good way place. Um, you, you could have got someone. Yeah, you <laughs> you could have got someone in the US. I mean, fucking hell, the amount of cancelled people in the UK that would have jumped at the job. Yeah, hey, come over here. Oh So aye. I'm imagining. I'm imagining <laughs> like they that they're quite skin. But even then, even if you're quite skin, I mean, just get like fucking Tajiri. do you you know what i mean like people on the japanese indies who are probably working for similar money who have far better pedigree this cannot be the best wrestler in china to at
2: at least rock up to like your local boxing gym or like mma gym or whatever and be like are there any like you know like if you're looking for like say a foreign heel like are there any like foreign dudes that train here ever like you know people that have at least got like a, a degree of you know a, a base level of something you could easily work with it well,
0: that's like, the thing. like i mean he he, he does i mean I've, talk, I've talked about like his u.s indie work like he does have a pedigree it's just that it was like 15 years ago and like yeah. he's clearly like decided to get back into wrestling like he's he i assume he's just heard about this promotion and gone well i'm living in china now i might sort of like get back into this so i assume that's um i, assume yeah. that's the case. I mean you can might...
2: imagine very much imagine him being like oh by the way i was in czw and then doing it doing exactly what i just did and was like what the czw Like, uh, you know like admittedly a promotion with its its history of absolutely the most like scumbaggy shit in the world but also actually some pretty damn good wrestlers have been through there too yeah, so uh, like you know absolutely maybe think, they just thought we'll take a chance on him
0: <laughs> do you think do you think um um do you think anyone at MKW will be able to tell me um, whether uh, uh, Johnny Gargano managed to beat Ricochet for the um, for the evolved title in Beijing? Because um,
2: I would <laughs> <laughs> quite like to know that. They can probably um, tell you who the IWGP champion is, though. <laughs>
1: probably. I, the, the one, the one thing I think about this as well, though, is like, like yeah, yeah, yeah he was in CZW and, and stuff like that, but like he is really, really bad. Like,
0: like really probably bad. Really bad. I I think I've 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 actually this isn't like because I've I've seen like uh, this isn't the first Steve D S L teacher match I've actually seen, and like I think like a lot of them were like the one the other ones I've seen were better than this, but like I think the um I think the layout of the match is uh kind of a bit misbegotten because like I mean for a sort of I mean basically it's set as a plunder match right you know um because like um Steve well Steve says um during his promo i've signed a classroom rules match i was like who gave you that power like are you the gm like <laughs> is this, a, is on this just one, one of it? the
1: forms that mick foley signed when he gets sacked as commissioner and like, i wonder what he's <laughs> got in that entry and this is like one of
0: the things yeah so uh so so yeah he's essentially yeah uh so a classroom rules match is the um equivalent of the Good housekeeping match, you know, the one that Jeff Jarrett and China had in uh, 1999. So anything that is in a classroom is legal. So Steve comes out with a rucksack full of weapons, uh, teases showing them to the front row and sits in the corner sort of raven style um, with a big grin on his face, sort of patting the, uh, the rucksack. And the thing is, like, this match is like eight minutes long. I would estimate it is about halfway through the match. Before they actually get the weapons out, because basically it's sort of stomps and schoolboys and uh, um, probably my favorite thing Steve did in this match was a very, very, very obvious double finger eye poke. And like oh, you, could, you could see him winding up for it and just going, Ooh, and just like jabbing the guy full on in the eyes right in front of the ref. At this point, I noticed that Steve Shorts have a picture of an apple on, and yeah. uh, that made, that made me. Did you ever get uh, an
1: apple lot. when you were an ESL teacher, Daniel? N- never got an apple. Um,
2: although I have to say, I did get a, a, a particularly moving thing that I was given when I left my last uh, uh, it's like class of kids um who um were who, who were a great class and really, really lovely um they uh they painted a picture for me where they each painted themselves in like a row <laughs> and uh and gave it to me um and that was lovely and i still i still cherish that very much but no no oh, no that... apples um well, I, an altogether more wholesome gift
0: yes i don't um when i was at school i don't remember the teacher ever being given an apple because like you know sometimes you would buy you get a present for your form tutor, um, like at the end of the year. And generally it was booze. Um, but yeah. uh, the I mean, I had a history teacher who like literally used to tell people like, I know you think I know there's a brand of whiskey called Teachers, but huh? that is the one brand of whiskey I do not like. So do not buy yes. me this because <laughs> it's got just because it's got the word teacher in it. Uh, but yeah. But anyway, um, one do, sort of. Yeah, Wong Tao shows a bit of babyface fire with a stinger splash and a sort of sliding kick. And then Steve does a, again, very, very obvious eye rake. And then the backpack is open. And then we now the thing is, when you're so say if you're laying out um, a any type of hardcore match, you know, uh, whether it be a full on death match with light tubes and skewers and syringes and all that shit or, you know, just your your standard arsenal of chairs, ladders, tables, the 275 pound steel stairs and so on. Um, Now, Generally, it pays to sort of space the weapon spots out, right? Like you, you kind of want to let them, uh, you want to let them breathe. Uh, just so the we, crowd. We've only, only got eight minutes, George,
1: right, and we've already burned through four of those.
0: So. Well, this is the truth. This is the thing. So Steve runs through his entire arsenal of weapons in about ninety seconds, <laughs> if that. It's, yeah. It's incredible. Now, the thing is, I was, so I've written down what I think the weapons were because the camera, ang- the camera angles on this show are not especially good. So the first one I think is a tiny little globe.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's I see
0: like that, a yeah. sort of, I mean, that, 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 I, I'm, I'm a globe official i've been to the fucking globe museum in vienna like uh in the same building as the esperanto museum it's a great afternoon um that is not a fucking globe all right like that is not the requisite size to be a globe that is a stress ball at best but I anyway you
1: played not... before
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of uh twats wrong with it then he forces in a uh a board eraser into his mouth and i sincerely hope all the chalk dust has been uh rubbed off of that all the um I don't. What would you rather have in your mouth, chalk dust or like sort of marker pen scrapings? Because like neither Ooh, are great.
2: Not, no, no, ne- ne- neither, neither particularly good. Um, yeah, it's it's
1: it, it's it's a Sophie's choice. Yeah, I've, i, I I'd probably go to scrapings because I think the dust would just lie there for ages, and ages, and ages, regardless of how much you drink.
0: Yeah, and it, it might even yeah. like get in, get in your lungs like asbestos. Uh, like I like there is like a proper reason why a lot of schools went to whiteboards rather than blackboards. <laughs> like presumably for health and safety reasons and uh and stuff like that so um then he hits Wong with an unidentified book and at this point i uh because my mind had begun to wander i started to think like what would be the deadliest book to hit someone with a um uh as a weapon and i came up with um physics for scientists and engineers by paul tipler which was a textbook my roommate had in my first year at uni he was a physics student and it's like 1,500 pages and it's a hardcover as well. And I think he glanced at it about four times during the year and we mostly use it as a doorstop. But I think if you I could would... actually lift the Titanic thing, that would be a very good weapon.
2: No, that's a good choice. I was gonna go. I was just going to go for the um, the big book of disappointing Manchester United managerial appointments.
0: But, um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a big book. It's, the size it's of a huge space. book. Um, yeah. I, I actually once um, there was a, a type of, I think it was like a hornet got into my room or or some or something like that i think it was a hornet muggsy bogues <laughs> space jam star himself and um yeah so you know generally when a a type of animal gets into my room i won't like kill it uh like i'm generally quite compassionate towards sort of like you know animals mm. and and stuff like that so say if it's a spider or a fly i would like do my best to capture it and like put it outside where it can roam free uh and even if it's like a bee or a wasp or something like that now if it's a hornet like, mm. I tend not to, because Hornets, uh, like, they will sting the fuck out of you. Basically, if you fuck up the get him in a pint glass and then chuck him out the window, that could. Yeah, end. I mean, like Jeremy Corbyn's lawyers, they're not fucking around. They're not fucking around. So I regret to say that I did take the complete works of Oscar Wilde to the uh, to the unfortunate chap.
1: <laughs> and, um... it, it reminds me of, um, do you remember, Abyss had a gimmick in TNA for a while, where he was obsessed with Sun Tzu. before the match he would read the art of war he would sit in the corner like like a big old steve dsl teacher in his backpack but he's sitting like he studied the art of war and go hmm yes very interesting hmm and then just wrestle like a bass afterwards
0: what a great gimmick that was
1: i thought that would be a great gimmick to do on the um on the indies but what to do is instead you sit and read the art of war and then you get on your a bit, and then just twat them in the face with a bit. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and it's a one a one-and-done thing that you could do or well, like
0: did, a uh, net jake manning when he was doing his like uh man scout gimmick he had like uh, a, a book of like boy scout stuff and he used to like sit in the corner reading it uh yeah. so yeah I, I think there's i think the precedent for this uh, next weapon is he sort of gouges wong in the in the forehead with a uh, with a pencil uh, shameful gimmick infringement on gato move and at this point i was like surely they're not doing color in in <laughs> this fucking chinese hotel um during a pandemic and it turns out they didn't he was just uh, just pretending um then he hits wong uh, bizarrely in the shoulder with some th- i think it was a clock that's all i've got
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I just before we go on i had a comment about the uh, the pencil thing so I, I, I think the idea of this match, the classroom match, is actually a great idea for a stipulation. Just yeah, as yeah. the ESL gimmick is a great idea for a gimmick, I think. But unfortunately, yeah. in both those instances, that they're both like afterthoughts, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, and you yeah. can do some great stuff with both, but they don't quite do that. So obviously, you know, a classroom match, great idea. Thumbtacks, glue, scissors, books, yeah, laptops. Thumbtacks. That kind of thing, you know, that, that could be really, really good. Um, now... <sighs> Basically, at the point we're at now, where the uh, the, <laughs> the pencil comes out and eyes begin to get maimed, you know, I'm basically thinking this is like watching pro wrestling on ketamine or some kind of dissociative, because it's like it's like Was some simulacrum of like, yeah, it's like some simulacrum of like a reality where certain elements that are sort of like usually like like bind together, the experience of like you know the real and experiencing things, they're yes. sort of curiously absent. So in the case of ketamine, that's like a sense of gravity and like a symbolic meaning of of, yeah. of, of things you see. Uh, but like in terms of like this match, it's the lack of any transitions whatsoever or any form of tying anything together in terms of consequence. So yeah, quite it, unintentionally, it just
0: moves literally.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So quite unintentionally, when Steve does break out this like very sharp pencil, like when he goes like full fucking Tully Magnum in the cage on this guy <laughs> like to to maim his eyes with it, it's kind of shocking in an odd sense because it's like, there's like nothing to justify the escalation narratively yeah, and it's it, like played out to complete cricket so there's just this like weird like uncanny
0: valley vibe yeah, it's, going it's almost on. it's more, almost dadaist like yeah. uh, g- g- giant dada but um it's, it's, it's basically a nurse with brood album yeah yeah pretty much i mean um <laughs> It's literally the, like, with all the weapons, like, it's Alan Partridge going, oh, what was that? Too late. And then they just move on to the... Yeah. Uh, the next and it, and it's, it's it's compounded by the fact that...
2: um, uh, what, what do you call the baby face again, is it? Uh, Wong, 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 Tao. Name is Wong Tao. Wong Tao, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, he does this thing that they always, like, tell you that you shouldn't do when you're doing, like, GCSE drama, where it's like, he, he sells a little bit after each bit of, like, Steve's offense, but then... After, like, two seconds, he just sort of stops and waits for the next sequence again. Yeah, yeah. But there's, like, no tonal consistency whatsoever at no, all. No, no,
1: no,
0: not, not at all. Um, i the, the, I just
1: like to say at this point, um, I just want to say, Fort Hood, let me hear you long towel.
0: <laughs> I mean, um, the, the, I think oh. the, the, the final weapon in the bag is a, a, a clipboard. Which no, no, there's
1: another weapon there as well. There's another weapon I specifically noted.
0: There was uh, the clock was the well the, no. the stuff that he gets from under the ring later but i'm talking no like no in, no
1: um he uses a ruler like one of the shatterproof rulers remember that's from under
0: the ring um yeah so that's a bit later than this
1: I, i'm gonna say it right now why does he need a ruler he's an esl teacher
0: that's a very good point <laughs>
1: um, not, i mean he's not a mass like at a like, stretch at a stretch he might
2: be doing the thing that i used to with the, the kids in my class where when they come in and they're full of energy Uh, To get them tuned into, like, doing things, you, like, uh, put a little chair on either side of the the whiteboard and be like, right, who wants to do the date and the, um, like, the, uh, the theme of the lesson for me and write it? Yes. That's the only time I've ever needed a ruler. And that was to, like, get them to underline something. I mean, we didn't even use a proper ruler, we just used a book. So,
0: like, <laughs> you yeah, don't need rulers, Steve. Like, <laughs> the, I mean, the clipboards that he gets out after the clock, I would, like, do, do you use clipboards in the classroom? Is that really sort of, like, I, I I've used, never used a clipboard in a classroom or when I've been doing private at, tutoring. <laughs> I use clipboards at work when I'm giving, like, consent forms to patients to kind of, yeah. like... Uh, get them to get them to sign things off um yep. he hits he hits Wong Tao in the stomach twice a bit and we get an unprotected clipboard shot to the head So uh, we need to stamp this kind of violence out of the uh, out of the sport um and uh Wong makes his comeback after six consecutive weapon uh, shots with different weapons and hits Steve with the clipboard uh, Gets gets with the Vader bomb I think Wong Tao is easily the smallest guy I've ever seen do this move um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then Steve gets, hits the clipboard again, slams it down in frustration. Then we we go under the ring to get the uh, get the uh, the see through ruler that David mentioned earlier. He gets won wong by the wrist and hits him on the arm with it several times as the uh, bring back corporal punishment. UKIP voters collectively orgasm, and <laughs> um, and then he gets uh, my favorite um, my favorite weapon, uh, well my second favorite weapon actually, other than the one involved in the finish, which is a uh, a whiteboard. So not not the not the interactive one that would be uh, very expensive, but uh, just a yeah, standard yeah, yeah. standard one that you would have. And um, he wedges it in the corner like he would uh, a steel chair, which I will admit did make me laugh quite a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that was quite good. And then he sort of uh, gives Wong the Irish whip into it, and then does a leg drop onto the board, which is on Wong before choking him with it. So okay, like Steve's back on offense with the um, whiteboard, and then he gets the um, the weapon, which uh, clearly like played into this feud before the beer bottle now i think the match would have been improved a lot if they'd have actually done the finish uh from jeff jarrett versus china you know when uh, jeff jarrett uh hits china with the intercontinental title belt and and, yeah. pizza, and then the decision and the match gets restarted because the belt is not something you would find in a classroom <laughs> um <laughs> oh so, sorry so you would not find in the home sorry and um although as some people have pointed out i mean you'll find it in jeff jarrett's home because he was the champion so uh, yeah Maybe inconsistent logic there, but like I guess in the, the, the
1: living room, room, that's a problem. Like, I didn't keep it in the kitchen, so
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it kept in a little cabinet along with all the unsold global force gold. Um, so, um, uh, so I, I thought I think it would have been good if they'd have been liked, um, if it had been the finish with someone getting hit with the bottle, and then the GM of MKW is like, now hold on a minute, player, a oh, bit yes. is not something you find in the classroom. And then I thought to myself, let's be honest, it does depend on the school. Yes. No, <laughs> Whether in the teacher's um, the teacher's desk and you know, boozing a little hip flask, or just you know, some of the more unruly students be like necking becks in the background. I mean, uh,
2: G- George, how how dare you um, so accurately describe my uh, my classroom environment?
0: <laughs> just a hunch, but um, so um, yeah, and then we get into the uh, the truly magical part of this match, uh, which is Gosh. the finish. So <laughs> there's actually a moment. There's actually a moment before this, which was
1: incredibly shonky and possibly the worst part of it. Yeah. Where he puts the whiteboard on top of him. Yes. And then he goes, I'm going to do a leg drop onto him on the board and kicks the board off of him before he does the (laughs) leg drop. Yeah. (laughs) What what was the point of this exercise? You literally put it on him, and then just booted it off, and then yeah. did your move. You clearly I mean, didn't want to take a bump on a whiteboard.
0: I mean, it's I mean,
2: almost like a on that he does because he sort of like fucks like it up. It's like
0: the Kofi Kingston boom drop. Okay. I think. Yeah. Getting, I, I will say in 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 this match's defense that getting people thinking what was the point of that this exercise is quite in keeping keeping with the classroom theme. Well, so. Yes. Um, And uh, yeah, so he gets gets the beer bottle. And uh, so Steve gets the beer bottle. And in a reverse of what you see in the video package, uh, Wong gives him the low blow and then he grabs the bottle. And then rather wonderfully, uh, the beer bottle, which is very obviously gimmicked, uh, smashes in Wong's hand as he grabs it, which was very clearly not meant to happen. Um, (laughs) And you could tell because um, they are kind of just go, ah, fuck, because like all broken glass has just gone over them. And um and then they kind of hesitate for a couple of seconds before Wong basically shoves Steve over and does a bit of UFC ground and pound in the mount, uh amazingly, and then places the whiteboard on Steve and hits um uh, a very very unimpressive uh, finisher the the dreaded standing frog splash. Uh, for yes. three. Um... i mean, I've, never, I've never known what the point of a you know, point is of putting a chair on someone's on someone and then doing your top your high five move onto it because like you are still going onto a steel chair
2: oh yeah uh um it, it doesn't make any sense logically but i suppose you know if you're a wrestler that's got enough sort of elan and snap and sort of grace yeah. in it it can at least look good i suppose but um <laughs> not so much of that here with uh with poor steve
1: is it the same as like when chris jericho used to do the Wall of jericho on top of the announcer's table it was like 10 times more deadly than it was on, like, uh, yes or yeah. like
0: um uh Sheamus giving randy orton a backbreaker on the steel stairs
1: yeah,
3: another
1: yeah, happened. <laughs> um, oh dear. So I yeah. I, I no no hyperbole here, right? This <laughs> might be the worst match I've ever seen in my entire life, and you know me, I love bad matches. The I I don't want to get down on it, right? I don't I don't want to be putting the boot into Wong Tao. I don't want to be putting the boot <laughs> into Wong Tao, <tail>, right? <laughs> he's clearly young he's not he's not got you know um emmy sakura guiding him through the match no no no. anything which
0: doesn't have much of a pro wrestling tradition yeah um yeah so like i i always i always grade mkw on a curve you know
1: well earlier i think the point i was trying to make is that you can be a bad wrestler and still have a good match and even then Yeah, yeah if you go to butlins right You watch wrestling at Butlins. Butlins wrestling is the most base level DNA of a wrestling match. It's just all the really basic elements work together. It doesn't need to be amazing. It doesn't need to be specifically well executed. You can get by. There's you know there's vibes, there's good times, all that, and kind of holding it all together. Whereby even if you are quite bad, I mean fucking Lemba OPEC had a tag (laughs) team match, right? He did. He did, right? Lembit Opik. I That's a to... name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah. I like, I, I I think it's actually harder to have a match this bad than it is to just Quite have possibly, a yeah. match. Like, it's it's really difficult to have a match because I I don't know, like, I what, We really need to crowdfund someone half decent to go over AMKW. Get the Beijing Duck Rugby team in. One of them must have done graps. This cannot continue, George. Like,
0: th- No, I mean, see see what I've got for you next year. You, you, you'll you, be begging for Big Sam and Uncle Money. Oh, God. Now,
1: I, f- th- I feel this was a, a laser-guided punishment because I didn't watch the match
0: last year. <laughs> and you're
1: like, you, so you don't like MKW matches? Well, I'll give you all the MKW matches you can
0: handle. <laughs> now, what, what I what I will say, um, and I always thought when watching mkw is like yeah this is really shonky and silly but um just to give you my perspective on it i'm going to quote from roger ebert's review of the mummy which <laughs> he wrote it on the 7th of may 1999 uh, it's like one of his more well-known reviews yeah and, uh, it it starts thus there is within me an unslaked hunger for preposterous adventure movies i resist the bad ones but when a congo or an anaconda comes along my heart leaps up and i cave in the mummy is a movie like that there is hardly a thing I can say in its favour, except that I was cheered by nearly every minute of it. I can't argue <laughs> for the script, the direction, the acting or even the mummy. But I can say that I was not bored and sometimes I was unreasonably pleased. There was little immaturity stuck away in the crannies of even the most judicious of us. And we should treasure it. Legends. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, what, wise words from a wise man. So that's Indeed. basically like my 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 thoughts whenever we sort of do our annual uh, Terry Riley. Um, stuff and uh, you know, well, OWE seems to have gone down this oney, so man, this is what you're left with, I guess. Sorry, 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 China, but uh, I mean, but, like, George, the, you've not had many pandemics, markets, so reflect on that. <laughs> the
1: foreign markets, George, there's a billion people there. Think of the money you could be making. So, India, you know, there's a billion it, people yeah. in India, they all yeah, make it's... 10 pounds a month, but you know, <laughs> yeah, there's money to there's gold in them, their hills.
0: Yeah, like, I think <laughs> it's like whoever manages to crack China. Will like fully, yeah, China, but like I, I know de Louis has a, a presence there. But I'm talking about like sort of permeating the um, you know, the, the consciousness in the same way that like if you get in on the ground floor, it's why there's loads of spa shops in Eastern Europe, despite the fact like you yeah. hardly see them uh in this country because they were the ones who got in quick after the fall of communism, or it's where there's like American grocery store chains that you've never heard of, like doing gangbusters in japan yeah, yeah. Uh, like it, it's the same sort of thing so i think like when someone finally does um you know unlock the riddle of uh of china without wanting to sign too orientalist about it um i i think that like that will be quite a game changer i know delului has signed some uh well not only chinese talent but from uh from uh, singapore and you know sort of southeast asia in in general i know they've got Ziya lee on and yeah. uh, uh boa is his name the, yeah. the fellow who's like uh, in that in that gimmick, and they've got uh, Karen Qs of uh, Chinese descent. They've changed their name about three times uh, already this year. But they'll they, never have another Mars Wang. They will never have another Mars Wang, and they will never have um, uh, Bin Wang, who was the fellow who was in IGF and then ended up in the Andre Battle Royale one year. Uh, so, like. Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, clearly, clearly China is not a priority for Louis now. And to be honest, based on what we said earlier in the episode, they should focus more on like the USA. Um, yeah. In terms of that, because like my friends, that is a house of cards built on. Uh, it's, it's, it's not even built on cards. It's based on the rules for bridge and other games. Like it's 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 a, it's increasingly an empire of sand and Mrs. uh, on
1: the baker's wife is really trembling (laughs) at the bottom of the pyramid here
0: yeah so um yeah who knows what the future holds for uh wrestling in china but i'm sure we will be there uh in christmas 2022 despite what david may have to say about it to uh give you the lie of the land and with that in mind that brings us to the end of this year's christmas uh, special a uh, surprisingly sober one um by our standards maybe in terms of our inebriation if not content and yeah. uh <laughs> Once again, definitely compared you... to previous ones well, yeah well, i mean I'm I'm, I'm I'm not planning on walking around with my cock after uh, after this one <laughs> so uh yeah we'll, we'll have to see anyway i deliberately wore pajamas that don't have flies for this very reason ah, i see <laughs> well, that's um for, uh, that's you and I, that's for george <laughs> <laughs> feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. But um that being said, uh thank you very much for letting this monstrosity into your lives uh this festive season. And if you are locked down because of the Omicron variant, uh while <laughs> while you're listening to this, then firstly, sorry, and uh, secondly, I hope we've made uh things just a little bit bearable because like, you know, Christmas can be a tough time, for folks. And you know, if you've um I, I know some people have said to us um, throughout the year that uh they got into our podcast and they've really enjoyed it and it's, it's kind of helped them a little bit and uh you know i that's that's kind of why we do it like uh firstly for our our own stupid uh self-indulgent ways but also because <laughs> like we do genuinely like treasure all of our fans uh you know even the ones in nebraska and uh we got with that that's that's something that's really special i have like three regulars on my twitch stream and I would rather have three regulars who are really engaged and asking yeah. questions than, you know, going to a mass audience of people who just don't give a shit. And if there's one thing uh, doing this podcast over the last uh, five years or however long it's been has taught me, it's just the value of doing things on a small scale and you know doing things that maybe resonate with um, a few people. So, yeah, there's your Christmas yeah. message.
1: De- definitely, I-, I would agree. I know I've just kind of cut off your Christmas message here because you're you ended on a poignant note, and I'm just going to steamroller through it. But no, like I agree. I mean, like obviously, I make no bones about the fact that I just don't give a fuck about wrestling this year. Um, you may you may notice that we've just not done as many, partly because of that, partly because we have other things going on in our lives. And this, do you know, this is the first episode that, this year that Daniel has been on. No,
0: no, no. we did we did one USSR one. No, but he yeah. wasn't oh, on that one. Oh fuck no, no, he wasn't. Oh no, that one. because
1: we lost the fucking recording. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah, making your podcast debut for 2021 on That's the 25th of December.
0: <laughs> oh, hang on, one second, one second. Sorry to cut you off again, but we have got a 31 minutes ago on Twitter. We have got a late uh, entry for the Q and A. So, right. um, our, uh, uh, our friend Luke at Oysters Earrings, um, has asked, "What did Daniel make of Raku's 2021?" Um, brilliant <laughs> just just great all the matches she had
1: just I, yeah i mean um you know tra- i'd say a home ground into your fortress a we form of apache but you know yeah i mean i'd it. say
0: just
2: as, 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 a, as a as a like you know a structural callback um, i love all of raku's work the greatest hits of raku um the very best of raku um
0: all the raku's exactly um I I I actually really like raku because like I mean as we said on the January 4th special she's not the greatest wrestler in the world she does do a better sling blade than like most of the people I have seen and as as we know from my Alicia Fox standing uh, you know throughout the history of this podcast I'm a sucker for someone who isn't really a great wrestler but can do one or two moves really well Um, so yeah
1: Raku, Raku walked so that Francis Bourgeois and Lego Dave could run and I think yes. that's what you can take away from this <laughs> yeah.
0: yes the, the holy trinity of train related content the only Bourgeois
1: had. I'm interested in is Francis Bourgeois
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, they have it that was the christmas special now it is time for us to bring you our gifts in the form of plugging our shit so um daniel would you like to start us off yeah i've
2: um Got a Bandcamp where you can download my music. That helps me to live. Uh, that's handlinglament.bandcamp.com. Um, outside of that, I uh, also, um, by the time this comes out, um, uh, have, will have launched a Substack uh, newsletter. I've moved my writing on Irish republicanism and the history of Irish um, uh, republican and radical ideals away from Word, mm-hmm. WordPress and onto Substack. Um, there will also be a podcast that accompanies that as well. Um, you can find that at EchoAndThunder.Substack.com. Um, outside of that you can find my writing in jacobin new socialist um red pepper various places like that i've got some uh new things coming out soon but i can't say because they have been published um and then on top of that you can get me on twitter at hanloom lament um and i think that's everything i'm doing at the moment yeah
1: are you doing a radio show
2: oh shit yeah i also do a radio show that's that's a that's a semi-regular thing which will become more regular that's on a repeater radio the um broadcasting arm of repeater books um but yeah more on that um if you uh, check out my twitter books um i need to uh, start doing those again pretty
0: soon okay uh david yeah so um you can
1: find me on most social media at viano 14 xiv um well, of course it you're listening to this you know how the viano sort refers to themselves um <laughs> Yeah, so Viana 14 on Twitter, Instagram, um uh, to be honest with Twitter, I mainly just t- post about football and then when it's anything non-football related or even just semi funny that I don't think fits, I'll post on the pure of uh, Twitter. I still like to pollute the Twitter feed from it every now and then. As feels well as that I run a Patrick Fistle podcast called Draw Lose, or Draw. We do a weekly podcast about Fistle, their juggernaut success. HMS pissed the leagues sailing towards the championship. I'm, I'm, David I'm, if,
2: if if listeners were interested in finding out how they could learn more about the 1921 Scottish FA Cup final uh, w- would they be able to listen to your
1: podcast for that well well you know it's very <laughs> handy that you mentioned that because yes we did a full documentary on the Scottish Cup final in 1921 yeah, where right. Faisal uh, beat Rangers because one of the Rangers players uh, elastic snapped in his shorts and the guy hmm. who was marking scored but uh, yes we have done a whole documentary I said with one handsome guest by the name of daniel baker to talk about the working class struggle that came with uh, the black friday general strike uh, that happened the day before the cup final and caused a lot of issues in terms of why people didn't go so we do lots of documentary stuff we have a fantastic idea I, I i need to tell you this because we're planning to do it in the year and some week where we're not winning the scottish cup because as you know um, lewis Mill is going to win us the scottish cup man airdropped me a pdf in the woody a couple of weeks ago saying I, I worked on this in the lockdown and I think it'd be very good for your pod. And I'm like, all right, okay. Usually about mm, about those sort of things. And it was a fully itinerized pub crawl of all of Thistle's old grounds.
4: Oh, oh that's wow. very much a bit so,
1: yes yeah, so I think we're gonna do a pod where we go to each pub and we talk a little bit about the pub and we do a segment in each pub and see which pub we go off the rails on. Now the issue <laughs> is the last the last stop before for hill and um, the ground shared with a lot of other teams in that time and the only feasible one on the pub crawl is ibricks and the pub next to ibricks is the loudon tavern so of course oh. uh Fistle fans seven pints deep waddling into the loudon tavern oh God. what could possibly oh God. go wrong so uh, yeah we're planning to do that i'll be will be very silly we'll all be melted by the end but yeah we're doing lots of cool stuff i've uh some ideas i want to kind of Bring forward. I'm doing one in the 1971 League Cup final, we beat Celtic 4-1, um, and various other sort of things to keep me going. I, I literally use it as an ability, as a learning tool to further my uh, my podcasting ability and just experiment with different formats and stuff. So there's generally lots of episodes out there that. Even if you don't support Partic Fiscil, you can listen to and generally get a a good time out of, like we've done one on whether it's a hipster club and going through all our hipster moments and stuff and just very silly things like that that I definitely would uh, recommend. But yeah, definitely uh, Viano14 Twitter, drawlers or draw the Partic Fiscil podcast and you can buy my music at Bolli and Waddle, which is B O L I X A N D X W A D D L E. The X is silent because you know it's uh, uh, hardcore. Um, dot bandcamp.com. Um, and there's that fastbuck.bandcamp.com I'm not going to lie I've not done anything in ages Uh, probably won't do anything for a while a bit like this podcast to be fair but (laughs) uh, don't don't buy music from that donate to like some fucking charity they deserve it donate to Palestine or something right instead of buying my music um, and get off I'm not in danger of anybody like you know breaking the limit and i have to give out like download codes or anything like that just go, just go download it it's fine if, if,
0: if you get eve barlow tweeting stop funding her i'm going to be very cross <laughs> why because
1: you're the one who wanted it uh, you wanted to be your your tweet that she done it to and, and, <laughs> no, that, that but yeah um yes, yeah, so get me on those um, yeah just en- enjoy your christmas
0: yeah i think that's the main uh, the main takeaway um and uh, if you want great christmas gifts then uh, you can buy the rise and fall of ricky dozan uh, which is the novel that i wrote uh, a couple of years back uh you can buy that for 17.99 i believe for a uh, print on demand paperback or 249 for your kindle machine uh it tells the story of the pro wrestler ricky dozan and he's well rise and subsequent fall i mean like yeah yeah the title's a bit of a spoiler lads but um uh, pe- people seem to have liked it uh, i've written it so that you don't need to know shit all about wrestling or japan or, or pretty much anything uh, I mean, if you can read it would help but like um, you don't really need any prior knowledge going in uh, to appreciate the book um it's got a lot of nice reviews from complete newbies and people who are you know terrifyingly expert in 1950s and 60s uh pro, to the point where i was like fucking hell if i thought people with this level of knowledge be reading this, I might not be bothered. Um but yeah, it's uh you know something I took about four years to do, uh, something I'm very proud of, and like, I hope you will enjoy reading it if you haven't already. Um you can also find uh some of my work and indeed those of my comrades at I maintain the double footstomp is silly.com. That's I maintain the double footstomp is silly dot com. Um recent things I've published have included um a it's not really that recent but the nxt the nxt thing was 2019 but um uh, stuff about why nxt is cac now um why do don't do good christmas content anymore uh the top 10 towels in pro wrestling uh, that that's a good one and my most recent work uh comparing all of the tokyo joshi roster uh, roster to the teams that competed in euro 2020 uh, which uh got, got a lot of nice reviews so that was good uh you can also Read some more of my work in a book called 100 Greatest Literary Detectives. I wrote the entry for um, the Jasper Ford character Thursday Next in that, which is really funny because I don't really read much detective fiction, but I ended up (laughs) contributing to that book anyway. Um, You can um, also follow me on twitch.tv forward slash Lord Tenpai. That is L-O-R-D-T-E-N-P-A-I. I Uh, I play Mahjong uh, every Thursday, um, you know, weather and um, you know scant excuse for social life permitting um at eight pm UK time. it's a fun and chilled stream in which I basically just play Mahjong against Randos on the internet and we all, you know, sort of I teach people about Mahjong strategy and uh, go through the rationale for my answer questions from the chat and I mean just spend a lot of time slacking off Keir Starmer and various melts. Um I have played a lot of Mahjong the past twelve months after having really got into it at the back end of last year. Um uh, Weirdly represented Great Britain in a tournament uh, earlier this month uh, at the time of recording, uh, which I did not do great in. But like, fucking hell, I've only been playing a year. I'll be happy not uh, not coming paddy fucking last of, uh, in the thing. And uh, we finished second last, our team, but we did beat Ireland. So uh, there you go. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you're in, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy 14 or the Yakuza series, and you have seen about this Mahjong thing, you don't know what it's about. Uh, just just come in the stream, and I'll be happy to uh, happy to teach you a little bit about it. Or we can just hang out have a good laugh um just before you go i totally
1: forgot that i had a really important announcement i want you to make i i, I, I kind of didn't brief you on this before because to be honest it's kind of a big thing and like it's you know over the last um year, year or so i've just totally fallen out of love with wrestling I, I just don't really have the fire for it anymore and i've been kind of thinking about a lot of like where the podcast is going and stuff like that and it's, it's i'm not gonna lie it's been a bit difficult so i just i just want to take the time to formally announce that um the pure pre-podcast nft fan token private sale <laughs> is, uh, coming soon please make sure you secure your whitelisted spot um in this prize draw this is the token purpose built for the fans the first partnership in a long line of what is going to be a, <laughs> a hashtag billion dollar game changer excited for the ppp launch and to fill up my bags hashtag let's go
2: <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd just like to give my endorsement to um, to City signing up uh, to um, a mysterious crypto uh, uh, scheme. <laughs>
0: Which is definitely not a scam. It's, no, very important uh, to make, absolutely
2: make not. Idea. It's it's completely above board.
0: Our first NFT is like, you can own the original photo of Yoji Anjo's face after he fought Hicks and Gracie at the dojo. <laughs> I, I,
1: I just want to say, just in all seriousness, fuck NFTs. Do you see Serge Tank got an NFT last oh, week?
0: Brilliant. So many people have just have just melted. I was watching the World Chess Championship today. You can buy fucking like Magnus Carlsen NFTs.
1: I had the idea where um I think we've been talking about um obviously you know Jackson runs uh, runs a lot of the gigs in Cafe Otto yeah. and are uh, a good friend of the show Hell in a Cell A.K.A. Uh, done yep. a show in Cafe Owen and she said about she'd been begging me up and saying that oh, she should do something to Jackson. I am a seen Jackson now. And me and K came up with the idea we were going to do a collaborative show at Cafe auto where the entire thing is going to be like you know how the NFT, uh, you know how the KLF burnt a million quid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the idea was going to be is that I was going to download like a bunch of NFTs and then just <laughs> bend them and then just put them in a recycle bin. And then uh, <laughs> I just don't know. and then that, that would be that would just be me burning money, but then I was like no I'm fucking
0: I'm feeding into them if I do that. Do, so, do, um, do you make sure you delete them from the recycle bin though, otherwise they're just taking up space? yeah exactly, exactly. Little, little little pro tip for the uh, i mean there's a there was, there was a bit earlier while david was uh, unfreezing and getting back on the call where i was teaching daniel how to use the snipping tool <laughs> so like <laughs> it's also i'm averse to extra extremely uh, extremely basic computer advice um and also of course do follow us on social media uh, at pure podcast on uh, twitter and uh, you can get our podcast on itunes or soundcloud or stitcher radio so um with that in mind um yeah once again thank you very much for listening to the uh, uh, ordeal shall we say that is the Burberry Podcast Christmas special and God bless us everyone
1: on the first day of Christmas a true love gave to me an Alan Archibald on the second no we'll be in all week
3: do
0: David has frozen um he, he has um I just texted back I know <laughs> <laughs> um, oh dear okay well the, the, I mean it's
2: because it, so. usually I'd just jump in but I, I I feel like this is very much some uh, a segment that I need to sit back on he and, says two minutes oh, oh he's, he's,
0: he's 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 unfrozen he's back he's still he's on mute, no, mate. okay he's, he's he seems to be he's got his phone out is he googling how not to be on mute the asking jeeps. I think you might. Be. <laughs> I've just been given the. <laughs> Keep all this in. This
2: is great. Just great audio. This is this is this is up there with with uh, the time I posted a screenshot
0: with a tab that was open that said how to take a screenshot. <laughs> We've all done it. I mean <laughs> that did that did become like a running thing in our Facebook group where every time it did. You, before you learned about the one the wondrous uh, technology that is the snipping tool. Yeah. Well, well, I actually
2: still. I'm still, I still don't know what that is. Um, I'm still, my the IT department at my work, where I send um, uh, requests to get students like uh, 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 cards unlocked and like their accounts are sorted, and you know, um, they always tell me to use the snipping tool, but I still don't know what it is. So I just print screen, then do Control V. Is that the snipping tool? Uh,
0: no, it's like it's it's If you go to <laughs> just, just again, great podcast content. If you, if you go to the start menu, I mean, hope then...
2: include this in the final edit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if we don't have anything better to uh put over the over the outro, it's like when we didn't have anything funny for the uh the post credits thing, so it's just me and you talking about China Miraville for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, if you go to the start menu and then accessories, well, Windows accessories even. <laughs> You're actually walking me through it. This is brilliant. If you get it up in front of you, all right, yeah. So, yeah, and you go to the snipping tool and then basically you can click and drag it over, like, whatever you want, like, to take an oh, image of. Wow. And then you can just save it as a PNG. Hey, that saves me up. That, that's actually a big deal as well.
2: To <laughs> tell <laughs> yeah. your friends. No, 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 because I, I, I literally always do my uh, my incredibly funny uh, uh, um, screenshots um, um, on my phone because I actually can't fi- uh, hack having to do uh, For years, I've been just print screen, control V into paint, and then. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. I,
0: I, I did that um, for like two years when I started working for the NHS <laughs> until a colleague was just like, because I was like having to uh, copy, paste it into Word and then crop it. Yeah, uh, that's, that's I, what I have to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, oh no, shit, it's 23 millimeters out from where I want it to be. He has frozen again. Yeah. <laughs>